Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Successful. Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your aew dynamite post show for march not march april i don't even know what fucking month it is man holy shit why don't we just cancel the fucking show april 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 12 2013 look at that i can't even fucking speak man holy shit you know i quit i quit 2023 i'm jd from new york welcome to the ots venue i'm joined by my very good friend, Jesse. Man, it's that type of night, man. Blunders already. We're not, we're not even started yet. And Dynamite, man. Dynamite was a ho-hum, run-of-the-mill, ordinary show tonight. I didn't, really, I didn't really care about much of anything that happened on the show tonight, man. No excitement coming out of Milwaukee. That's because you are a Triple H bootlicker. Indeed I am. Indeed, I am. One week, I'm a All Triple H. Boot- bash AEW and put over WWE, bro. You know, man. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't deal with that anymore, man. One week, I'm an AEW bootlicker. The next week, I'm a WWE bootlicker. Then I'm a WWE hater. Then I hate on AEW. I, I mean, I can't win with these people. That's, that's, that's. BS. I can't, I can't it's, win. It's fairly accurate that someone can tune in to one show 
hear one comment and form a broad opinion about everything you think of. So there. It's it's amazing, man. People, uh, the way that they digest clips online from people that take me out of context, man. That's that's what the podcast is about, man. It's you know it uh, it's it's amazing. It's those shorts. Yeah. It really people is. See those shorts. See one comment about one subject and think that's what that, that's it right there. That's, that's all. That's exactly what they think. Yeah. Exactly what they think. Anyway. Moving on from that, which, uh, you know, it's it's always the same thing every single week, honestly. Uh, people uh, just dislike what we do here, and if they do like us, I am very grateful for it. Um, dynamite tonight, man. Um, no energy. I, I feel like I have no energy, to be quite honest with you, uh, coming out of this show. Nothing really uh, to sink our teeth into tonight. Pointless main event with Keith Lee and Chris Jericho. No Adam Cole out there at all. Uh, we got Swerve continuing his feud with Keith Lee at the end of the show, causing Jericho uh, to get the victory from his outside interference. Uh, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll uh, venture down that road when we get there. But I, I want to start off with the big thing that happened tonight. And that is the MJF, Sting, and Darby Allen promo. That clearly was easily the best thing on the entire show tonight. Um, I did not expect, if you gave me a bingo card with uh, Sting and MJF on it, are going to cut a promo back and forth on uh, on Dynamite in 2023. Uh, I, I would not have believed you, but I, I kind of got excited when I seen Sting in there face to face with MJF. Man, uh, I thought that was tremendous television, and I thought Darby handled himself better than he ever has in his entire AEW run on the microphone. Um, it's real when it comes from him. I believe every word that comes out of his mouth. I, I don't believe him to be. One of those guys that really wants to be on the level of MJF, where he said tonight he wants to be the greatest of all time. And MJF is certainly on his way there. But Darby held his own. Sting came out to back Darby and throw some of that venom right back at MJF, some of that truth serum right back at MJF. And I am absolutely loving the way that Tony Khan is booking this, man. Like we said last week, he, he did it with Jungle Boy, and he did it with Darby tonight. Next week, I'm assuming we'll get it with Sammy Guevara. He is bringing out, MJF is bringing out the best in all of the pillars uh, in this build towards this, uh, I assume, a fatal four-way match at double or nothing for the AEW World Championship. Man, this was tremendous television. Yeah, it seems that that was the goal. You know, get all these guys in a program with MJF and make sure they all come out better at the end of it. Yeah. And if you can't come out looking good at the end of an MJF feud, dude, I don't know what to tell you because the guy is is a killer on the mic, but he doesn't go out there and just murder. He'll make sure he puts you over at the same time. Yes. And he's he's not opposed to, to looking weak or becoming off vulnerable due to your comments. So you should come off looking stronger dealing with MJF, and most people do. Yeah. So we'll see how it turns out. Yeah, I'm excited for this. Uh, we'll go over what the dialogue actually was a little bit later, but I, I thought that was uh, really, really great television. And, and Sting did make mention, he, he did name drop Cody tonight. He did name drop Cody, which I thought was a nice little touch because I think we all know, I think we all know that uh, Cody and MJF did have a, uh, and still do, have a personal relationship uh, with each other. And what, what is that, a rubber chicken? What? You got you got, you got a rubber chicken. What do you do? What do you do stroking your chicken, bro? What, what do you got over there? What chicken? Go on with the show. I, I seen I seen a yellow. <laughs> <laughs> what 
Where, where, did, where did you get that from, bro? Where, where did you get that fucking thing from, man? <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing with that, man? Why, why do you have props like that in your office, bro? What the fuck are you doing? Bro, I think you're seeing it. <laughs> oh, the, man. That was wrong with you. I don't know, man. I don't know what the fuck's wrong with me tonight, man. Maybe I need another goddamn fucking coffee. Holy shit. Turn uh, me up some more, man. I still got a couple of people saying I'm low. What are you talking about? I don't get it, man. I don't, I don't know. know. What, do, what do you want this guy to be speaking through a fucking megaphone? <laughs> Holy shit. I don't know, man. I'll raise him up. I don't know what to tell you. Fucking Christ. Up your volume. The fuck are you guys listening to him on? Anyway. Let's try from here. We'll, I'll, I'll aim closer to the center of the... Jesse's rubber chicken. It's the fucking... I'm going to blame it on the rubber, the rubber chicken now. What fucking... You mean Cody? <laughs> yeah, Cody. Yeah, Cody. He did name drop Cody, uh, which was uh, a nice touch. We'll get into that, but... Uh, I, I thought that was tremendous television on behalf of all three of those guys. Very excited about that match coming up at the pay-per-view. Um, hold on. Hold on a second. Forgot my window was open. There's mistakes happening all over the fucking place, man. Look at that. There's mistakes happening all over. My neighbor's fucking yelling. I've got, luckily, I heard him. Close the window. Close the window. Um... <laughs> It's fucking hot, man. It's hot in New York City, man. It was 80 degrees today. And it's, yeah, that's it's, why my window's open right now. Got, I got the fan fucking going over here. It's still fucking hot in here. Um, Wardlow. I, I want to talk about Wardlow and, and Will Hobbs, man, because I know this is going to be a hot-button topic, and then we'll get into the Jeff Hardy stuff. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what Tony Khan is planning to do with the TNT Championship. Uh, next week, Dynamite is in Pittsburgh. And we all know Wardlow is from the Steel City. I, I, I can't bring myself to fucking care, man. And, and you said it best. Hobbs was in a match with uh, Silas Young, who's not even with Ring of Honor. I don't, I don't know where he, he is or what they brought him in for, but they brought him in for uh, a glorified squash here against Will Hobbs. And you said it best, man. TNT champion Will Hobbs needs a fucking squash match on Dynamite to pro- no. to, to procure his uh, TNT title run. No, I, I mean, what they, the what the fuck are we doing here? They could have saved that for a very rare one off on Dark. Not yeah, even kidding. Just one off, just real quick. Get out there, squash somebody, leave once a month or so. That's it. Yeah, I I, I mean, I I'm just I'm completely dumbfounded by. The TNT title situation. So we get we we get Will Hobbs squashing Silas Young tonight, and then we have Wardlow coming out and destroying. And this is what pained Jesse, I'm assuming, because I know he tweeted about it. Uh, destroyed his. Uh, what, what type of car was that, Jesse? Oh, oh man, they destroyed. It was an '82 Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme with 24 inch <laughs> wheels, dude. and they just demolished it. Now, this I don't guy doing exactly the fucking making the car. Wreck. Maybe they just found a complete wreck with no good engine, shitty interior, and made it look good on the outside. But if they didn't, then they ruined the car that you just can't find these fucking days, man. It was a nice car. I'll tell you, it was a nice car. 
But they, they 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 demolished that shit, man. Wardlow demolished that shit. He had a fucking forklift. He flipped the fucking thing over. And, and, and Wardlow is back, and he's obviously seeking revenge because of what uh, QT Marshall and, and the crew over at QTV did to him. Now we have this match booked next week, bro. And, and listen, I, I think Wardlow is great. I, I think Wardlow is uh, definitely on the... Uh, receiving end of uh, a stroke of bad luck here in AEW. He got the, sh- the shit end of the stick. Yeah. I-, I cannot bring myself to fucking care, bro. I- I'm-, I'm sorry. I cannot go through this again with the title flipping back and forth and him being in Pittsburgh next week. I mean, what the fuck are we doing with the championship, man? It- it- it's almost like a circus. No. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm with you. Um, I've been a Wardlow fan. You know, when they originally brought him in, the way that he was um, slowly built up, the way he came through with MJF, the way he came out of that MJF feud. But ever since, ever since he came out of that MJF feud and that whole thing where MJF walked away and all this other shit that went down, he has never been the same. He's never, ever, ever recovered from that momentum. And they've been trying too hard and it's getting obvious and it's just not interesting anymore. Ace Man LLC in the chat says Wardlow isn't dead. He got crowd chance tonight. I don't know where, where, where the fuck you've been, uh, Ace Man, but um, Wardlow is nowhere near uh, the level where he should be to be a champion and maintain momentum. He has zero momentum. He's ice cold. He is, uh, he's absolutely ice cold. And Will Hobbs is no better, man. You know, QT Marshall wants to get into it with fucking Raj Geary uh, of Wrestling Inc. online. And I, I truly believe, and this is no knock against QT. I think QT's a great wrestler. I, I'm not diminishing what QT does for that company at all. But at the end of the day, from a fan's point of view, from Jesse, a fan's point of view, QT Marshall should not be on television with somebody the likes of Will Hobbs. I don't give a fuck what the long-term booking and storytelling is. He honestly, Jesse, I feel like QT Marshall's brought Will Hobbs down. I really do. This QT, this QTV shit has brought Will Hobbs down a notch, and I don't think he deserves that either. So he's going to be on the fucking shit end of the stick sooner rather than later as well. Well, I so I kind of agree with you a little bit. Here's the thing. I, I'm also high on QT Marshall, um, but again, it's about where you use him and how. Uh, I think because Will Hobbs does need a mouthpiece, and I don't see anything wrong with QT Marshall being that mouthpiece. But this QTV segment and the TMZ type stuff, that part is not working for me with, with Hobbs. If it was just QT Marshall and come out of that comedy gimmick a little bit, because believe it or not, when QT gets serious on the microphone, he comes off as very fucking believable. And yes, very I, 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 I agree with you. Yes. I mean, so give him a serious managerial role, just QT, just Hobbs, and let them fucking dominate. Let them do it Let, because Hobbs has the he has the look. He has the in ring work. He has the believability and QT can burn anyone on the microphone when you give him the chance to and have him not be so comedic all the time. I think it'll work. I really, really do. But this whole QTV gimmick thing and the, the TMZ show that that does not feel like Hobbs. It feels like a comedy listen, version man. of QT that we don't need with Hobbs. I, I, listen, I, I agree with you to an extent about QT. And him, you know, and, and what he brings to the table as far as what you described there. But I, I've I've described Will Hobbs on the ascent here. AEW has their version, a younger version, much younger version 
uh, of their Bobby Lashley here. Now, yeah. Lashley, you know, his career renaissance in WWE happened when they paired him with MVP and he formed the Hurt Business. Yeah. This is, this is you know, I mean, I don't want AEW to go and just straight up jack uh, WWE shit, but... That's but the ty- that that's the type of vibe your, your chickens uh, squawking over there, bro. Um, that's the type of vibe that Will Hobbs needs. Yeah, I, and I agree. The, the, the comedic the comedic shit with QTV is not working, man. Uh, they have a young Bobby Lashley in, in in Will Hobbs, and I honestly feel like this shit is bringing him down several notches. And you know, QT's not MVP. I, like I said, Bobby Lashley hit career renaissance when he was paired with MVP. That's what we need. We need somebody like that. I don't think QT Marshall's that guy, bro. I don't like, like I said, I, I, I think the version of QT that we have here, I see that I see you guys comments in the chat. You guys are not high on QT. I can understand that from the version of QT that we have. But I think a lot of the people here um, might not have seen the side of QT that I'm talking about that I have seen in spots at times. The guy can come off as very serious and believable on the microphone, and which is all you need with a killer like Hobbs. So in this version of QT, yeah, I agree. It comes off as lame, uninteresting, because this is the QT that we're used to. I think if they transformed him a little bit, um, I think it would be a little bit more believable, and the gimmick would work with these two together. Just those two, though. Just those two. Just like a, I, I wasn't even thinking about MVP and Lashley when I said that, but I think that's a fantastic comparison. I think they would come off pretty much the same, just like they would. Like, Taz was great. Like, Taz brought that out of, of Will Hobbs. I, I, I do miss that pairing because Taz, you know, when, when he said they breed fighters and, yeah. and, and the whole Team Taz thing, I, I believe I believe that because Taz, Taz was a fucking savage yeah. in, in ECW. And we grew up with Taz and how great he was and uh, what he did. So when, when you pair them together and, and in the early stages of Team Taz, you know, Taz had that. And I don't want to compare him and Paul Heyman, but there was a little Paul, and obviously they they are synonymous with each other because of ECW. But there was a little of that Paul Heyman in, in, in Taz when he came out with you know Will Hobbs and the rest of Team Taz. We don't have that anymore with QT, and, and it sucks, and it's sucking the life out of him. And I see it happening right before our very eyes, and and I don't want it to see. I don't want to see it continue. And then on, on the flip side, Wardlow. I mean, if theoretically he wins the TNT championship again, bro, what is it going to do for the belt? And what is it going to do for Wardlow? It's going to do nothing. And Tony Khan really needs to understand. And it seems like he can't put a a finger on what is wrong here. There is not anything outside the AEW championship that MJF is holding that holds any sort of prestige in this company. And even yeah. the ta- and even the tag team titles, which is a fucking sad state. You know, that I'm even saying that because they're held by FTR. They were flopping back and forth at one point or another as well. Uh, Orange Cassidy's had a great reign as the international championship, uh, a champion with that championship. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But none of these titles, bro, I don't know what happened. I always looked at AEW's having titles that mean something coming out of the Vince McMahon era. But holy shit, these titles have zero prestige, bro. I don't know what he needs to do, but the TNT title's at the forefront of that. And it's... Something that needs to be addressed ASAP. I think I think getting a title in pro wrestling is actually one of the easiest things to do. Um, it just it just doesn't happen quickly. It takes a little time and it takes a little commitment. And hot shotting titles is pretty much the worst thing you can do when you're trying to give a title some credibility. 
And unfortunately, there's only only what two titles in the company that have not been labeled as hot shotting, and that's the world title and Jade's title. And even the world title was hot shotted when we had this whole CM Punk debacle going on. Yeah, well, that was uh, that was uh, a, a rare situation that happened there. Right, it it could have been avoided if Tony Khan didn't do interim, but I mean that's another story. Let me tell you, how it could have been avoided, but um, MJF has rectified that. MJF has gave us a reason to get invested in his title because we do not feel like it will come off of him uh, anytime soon or very easily. So it's, it's, it's easy to get behind a ring like that. But all these other titles, bro, I got to see Wardlow and, and Hobbs for, I mean, the TNT title again. I mean, who cares? Nobody. Who cares? Nobody. If Wardlow wins. It's it, the title looks worse, and then Hobbs looks bad, and then who's gonna care about Wardlow because he keeps? Do, I mean, it does. It's not the feud is not working for me. At no, all. it's not. And the, and the, and and the only outcome is Hobbs winning, which means who cares about the match? And if Wardlow wins, who cares about any of those guys or that title? This is what I don't get. This is what fucking angers me as a fan. They had Samoa Joe with the TNT title doing the fucking King of TV shit, and he was killing it, and that's the type of guy that you want on on, on Dynamite. Now, now they've relegated him to fucking Ring of Honor on Thursdays, and I hope to God he drops that fucking title to uh, to Mark Briscoe on, uh, or whenever it happens so that they can move Samoa Joe back to AEW Dynamite. I don't know why someone like that should be delegated to, to fucking Ring of Honor TV on, on the app. Uh, how and many people already beat Mark Briscoe for the title? Who? What are you talking about? You said Joe and Mark Briscoe? No, Mark Briscoe. Mark Briscoe needs to beat Samoa Joe for the for the the TV title. They already had that match. Did he win? <laughs> no, Joe beat him. I'm saying Mark Briscoe needs to beat Joe for the title. It's not happening. That match that's, that's over, man. Why? Few moves on. Whatever the case may be, Joe needs to be on Dynamite. I agree. Why is he on Honor Club? On ROH. How many people? How many people are watching Samoa Joe weekly? Ten thousand. If that. The fuck are we doing here? Why did we drop the title off of Joe? So that he could sit on Ring of Honor TV. For what? Will Hobbs? For Hobbs to drop it back to Warlow, who's got zero fucking momentum. Yeah, man. Like I said, it, bro, I don't get it, man. I think Brody Lee's rolling over his fucking grave with this fucking title, man. Holy shit. Yep. What a joke. But we don't shit on AEW, says the geeks no. online. No, 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 no. We always put over AEW, bro. Oh, JD's wearing an AEW hoodie. He's a WWE hater. Yep. I'm sorry. I, I, I got an AEW hat in my profile pic, so I'm just a AEW shoe. Ridiculous. With bootios in my background. Yeah. No, but we need Ring of Honor. We need Joe on Ring of Honor, man. We can't have a Ring of Honor without Samoa Joe. No, I, I, I have one WWE gimmick, you know, right there. And I got my AEW hat, but I'm a shoe for one. And, and you got this uh, choking your chicken gimmick, too, over here. <laughs> Where, where, where did you get this ridiculous fucking thing? Really? <laughs> Sometimes there, the chicken shows up in places. Is, is, is there a chicken joint that gives them out by you? Sometimes the chicken just makes appearances. Okay. 
here, your podcast, WrestleMania. I mean, it just it just goes where it wants. Bro. Okay, I guess so. Um, yeah. So that's that, that's our thoughts. I mean, I mean, there really isn't much. To, I mean, it's the same fucking narrative that we push every fucking week. It's the same shit. Like, th- there's nothing more to add, and, and nobody seems to find that there's an issue with the TNT title. Oh, well, why don't you just enjoy the show, man? It's supposed to be a TV title. TV titles don't work in 2023. I'm sorry. They don't. I didn't even like them then. Anyway. We're going to go over the rest of the show. We, we got a lot to talk. What? 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 Go ahead. Go ahead. All these titles and aid. I mean. Uh, no no prestige. I mean. And I, no I, prestige. And called, you know. Oh, you complain too much. All you do is blah, 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 blah. So I say nothing. And then people are like, wow, what's going on with these titles? Nothing. Just the same shit I've been saying for weeks. And now I'm, you know. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whatever, man. I don't know. We're going to get into the rest of the show. We're going to talk about Jeff Hardy returning. I'm sure Je- uh, Jesse's got a mouthful to say there. Uh, we may mention the CM Punk news, but I may save that for tomorrow's live stream when we're live at 5 p.m. Um, and we're going to go over the open of the show with Swerve. And this is the first time I'll be talking about it because, uh, I mean, I don't, who watches Rampage? I mean, I don't watch Rampage. Uh, apparently, Swerve is now merging the mogul affiliates with the Ring of Honor group, the Embassy. So now they're the Mogul Embassy. Is that correct, Jesse? I think so. He, well, he just said that he, he said the, the Mogul affiliates were getting bigger and he teased that they were going to get even bigger than what they are now. But I don't, is it the Mogul Embassy or was it just Mogul affiliates? I think he called them the affiliates tonight. Well, I think the explanation that I that I saw from the promo he cut on Rampage was that they merged fifty one percent to forty nine percent. I mean, so we're taking the WWE and UFC merger from Endeavor and we're playing it out into a storyline on AEW television through Swerve Strickland and his absolutely irrelevant group, the Mogul Affiliates. Is that is that what I'm understanding? Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Awesome. Remember when everybody was excited about Swerve being in AEW, coming over from WWE after he wrongfully got fired? Remember that? Yep. Pepperidge from remembers. <laughs> JD doesn't. <laughs> JD from NY doesn't. I don't know. We'll go over it, folks. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be uh, an entertaining show to say the least. I'm fucking running on fumes. I've already botched twice in the fucking first thirty seconds of the show. 
And Jesse's got a rubber chicken that he keeps playing with underneath the desk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay there. Fucking clown. Anyway, um, thank you guys for joining us, man. It's one of those nights. It's definitely an off night. Uh, make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. We got 1,900 people in here. Hit that thumbs up. We should be able to reach 1,000 if you guys collectively hit that thumbs up. 1,000 is the goal, minimum, tonight on OTS. Super Chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. You guys can ask us anything you want. Ask away. Super Chats are yours. Memberships are open. Get them on in. Hit that join button. Become a VIP right here on Off The Script. Also, follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. You can follow Jesse on social media as well, at Chi-Town Smart. Uh, same thing for YouTube, man. Hit that subscribe button down below. Subscribe to the channel. You guys can subscribe to Jesse as well. Same at, at Chi-Town Smart. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. Everything you need is on the homepage, so go check that out. Tomorrow, we will be live after my eye appointment. I have an eye appointment tomorrow at 5 p.m., so I'll be live around... Uh, Hopefully 5.45, closer to 6 o'clock. So uh, I will uh, set the stream up for you guys tomorrow. We got a lot to talk about, and we'll get involved tomorrow. Hopefully I'll feel a little bit better with some fucking sleep. But we'll be live tomorrow around 6 p.m., so look forward to that. And tonight's show is sponsored by my new friends at Zbotics. We'll go over Zbotics a little bit later on in the show, man. But if you guys want the best possible way, the scientific way to defeat the next day slump that you usually get when you have a couple of cold beverages the night before, let me tell you something, man. Zbotics is going to get the job done. I want to thank them for sponsoring the show tonight. We'll go over my friends over at Zbotics a little bit later on. In the broadcast, and they are sponsoring tonight's AEW Dynamite post show right here on OTS. We're going to start with the open of Dynamite, which was Swerve Strickland and his mogul embassy. He's now aligned with uh, Brian Cage and the embassy from Ring of Honor. This is what I don't understand, Jesse. Why are they aligning Swerve Strickland, who's an AEW talent, with Ring of Honor talent? Does that mean that Swerve is moving over to Ring of Honor? Ring of Honor? Or, or is that, does that mean the embassy is moving over to AEW? What are we doing here? Nope. Am I doing what? Oh. No, I'm, I'm saying, what are we doing with this? I'm not talking about you and your chicken. Okay. Wait, wait, what, are we, what are we doing with Swerve here, bro? They don't know what they're doing with Swerve. That's, and that's the problem. They don't know what they're doing with Swerve. They gave him two guys. Everybody ridiculed them. That didn't work. First, he was in a, in a, in a program with Keith Lee, but he's bailed on that. Then they gave him the two guys. Now they gave him two more guys. I don't think they know what they're doing with Swerve, so it's kind of hard for us to try to figure out what they're doing with him. Do, do, do you want to know what I see when I look at Swerve? Now, granted, you know, all the negativity that I've said about everything that's happened with him on AEW television is warranted because it's just not good television. Swerve right. is a fantastic, and I mean fantastic, pro wrestler. He, he is great. I don't want to take anything away from him from what he can do in the middle of that ring. 
But my God, man, when he comes out, I, I don't know what it is about the presentation, and I don't want people to take this the wrong way. The theme music sucks. It gets absolutely zero, and I mean zero pop from the crowd. And I'm not just talking about tonight in Milwaukee. It gets zero pop from every crowd that listens to it. It sucks. Then he comes out, and he looks like he's about to rob a fucking bank, bro. I, I mean, he looks like he should be in the opening scene to The Dark Knight, uh, as a part of the fucking uh, Joker's goons robbing the bank. I, I mean, I, I don't understand what his presentation is supposed to be. I mean, is that what a mogul affiliate looks like, bro? Can you dive into what I'm, I'm missing here? Like, what? what is that? I mean, I you, you, I you, 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 you said it best to me tonight, bro. What, what did you say to me via text when I told you about Swerve looking like a fucking bank robber tonight? He, he, he came out with his look and with his demeanor. He came out like he genuinely just... Did not give a shit. And, I mean, seriously, it, it it looked like he just did not give a shit. And if he doesn't give a shit, it's kind of hard for us to give a shit. I agree. I agree 100%. Why are they pairing this guy? First of all, I, I don't know what the fucking look is supposed to be. That does not... I mean, it's nowhere near Superstar. It looks low budget. No. It looks like it, it should it be does. on the fucking... In, I mean, it, it looks like it should be something on a GCW fucking mud show. Number one. Number two, this guy wants to be the next big thing in pro wrestling. You ain't getting there by looking like that. No. Not it's at all. ski mask and just, I mean... This- it, it, it's a ski... I mean, give me a fucking break, man. What is this? I mean, it, it's dog shit. And, and number three, why are we pairing him with fucking muscle and... Why are we pairing him in these failed groups? How, how many fucking groups do we need? First, Keith Lee, which was great. It was a random pairing that ended up working out. They dropped that storyline like a fucking sack of bricks. Then they all of a sudden tonight want to rekindle it as if they forgot it for the last fucking six months. I, I mean, what are we doing here? On getting, them in a, on getting them in a stable. I mean, you're right about that. Why? Why, why, why are we hell-bent on getting Swerve in a stable and, and by aligning people around him? Clearly, clearly you're trying to recreate something that was, you know, never going to work out in WWE here in AEW. Maybe he should just be rogue and and go solo. Maybe he should be exactly what he was when he was starting to come into his zone right before Hit Row hit the scene on NXT. That is what I miss. That's the swerve that we need. Not this shit. And you remember that sort of Jesse from the Black and Gold right before they hit the right before Hit Row made their debut and they and they paired AJ Francis and B Fab and uh, Ashante with with him. That's the swerve we need. He seemed a lot more genuine and yes. authentic then. Yes. I mean the, the 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 gimmick is not too not a far fetched from what we have now, the gimmick itself, but the way he carried himself and his attire, it felt a lot more genuine back yes. then than it does right now. Even even the hit row swerve felt a little bit more relatable because everybody everybody finds you know music artists and music producers and the music scene to be you know very interesting and you know it, it fits him because he's he's actually a musician that fit him how how is the and that's a relatable thing everybody loves music music is universal pro wrestling is universal how how is this and i this this is coming from a fucking fan because i know somehow he's going to get fucking winded as shit because someone's going to clip it online and all oh, jd's racist and all this other shit motherfucker we love swerve well, he even can't he, block you twice uh, he can't block me twice how is it relatable bro how is that was what he's doing now relatable to the audience bro that silence in milwaukee tonight is just not milwaukee man that silence when he comes out 
speaks fucking volumes, man. And I don't know what Tony Khan's doing, but Swerve cannot take it out on us, man. Swerve should be taking it out on Tony Khan because the booking for him creatively is fucking atrocious right now in all elite wrestling. They need a massive change, and I don't know what the fuck we need to do here. Yeah, and the cool part is about all this is between Swerve and TK, I think they know that. I think they know it. I think they're looking for fixes, looking for um, alternatives. I'm not sure whose idea is it Swerve's or Tony's to have to have Swerve involved in a faction. But, I mean, he's a fantastic singles. I don't, I mean, maybe you're forcing it. Maybe we get him in a faction down the road and maybe it'll come off as more organic. But it just seems like you're just randomly throwing a dart and picking names out of a hat to get him a faction. And it, they're just not connecting. No. No, Brian Cage is great, but what does he have to do with, with, with Swerve? Nothing. What does Prince Nana have to do with Swerve? I, I mean, they're both quote-unquote businessmen. But, I mean, yeah. was there even an explanation as to why... Was there even an explanation as to why Swerve merged uh, the mogul affiliates with the embassy? Did we get an explanation from Swerve or Prince Nana at all for this? No, I, I, I'm assuming not. Not yet, no. So why do I care? Why does anybody care? I don't know, man. It that that that's all I want to do. I want to care about the stuff that's going on. I'm not sitting here like, oh, get Swerve off TV because I don't care about him. No, I'm sitting here like, I want to care about Swerve, and the things that you're doing is not getting me there. I mean, we got to try something more realistic, something more genuine, organic, and stop forcing dudes with him. That is not helping at all. Swerve is just another guy on an overly bloated roster that is struggling to find TV time, and when he finds his way to TV, he means nothing. He means nothing. And I don't give a shit who he's related to on other podcasts or who knows him personally. I don't give a shit. This is the shit that needs to be said. This shit sucks. This shit sucks. And I feel sorry for him, and something needs to happen. He should be he should be at a point now, he's been there long enough, where he should have held at least... I mean, we got fucking Wardlow and, and, and Will Hobbs fighting over a fucking dead title. Meanwhile, this guy could be holding that title and making it seem... And making it relevant. Or, or the international championship and making that feel fucking great. Uh, Very much so. <laughs> Very much he, 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 wrestled, he, he wrestles like a world champion. Don't get me wrong. But he's floating in the middle of absolute nothing. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it, it almost seems like we need a complete reset of the roster. Yes. Like heels, the faces, the dynamics, the feuds. It almost feels like we need a complete reset to get things back on track. I mean, what if... I don't want this to happen because we're already down this road. But what if Hobbs didn't have the TNT title? What if Wardlow was heel? What if we had Wardlow and Hobbs as a tag team and we had them terrorizing the tag team division? Hobbs and Wardlow versus an FTR tag team feud, strengthen up that tag division, get that TNT title off of him, get it on someone like Swerve and let him hold it for a while. Things like that. We need more um, credible tag teams. And these titles need to stop bouncing so damn much. Michael Michael Seibert in the chat says, it seems like JD doesn't understand Swerve's hip-hop elements. He's right about creative direction, though. 
no, I, I understand. What do, what do you think? I'm fucking stupid. Uh, of course, I see the hip hop elements. What do the what does Brian Cage have to do with the hip hop elements? And the Nothing. embassy have to do with the hip hop elements of fucking Swerve Strickland? Nothing. That, that's like that's like me being the spokesman for fucking Swerve on fucking Dynamite every fucking week. Give me a goddamn break. I don't know jack shit about hip hop. You take the I'm whitest the fucking guy from the Bronx. So you take the whitest guy from the Bronx and pair him with Swerve. The fuck do I know? I, I'm saying the same thing you are. So what's the excuse for me? I don't know the hip hop hell. But Jesse doesn't know hip hop. It's my music, man. That's what I do. I don't get it. And I don't like it. That's the thing. I don't like it. It's not relatable at all. It's a problem. This guy should be a staple on the fucking show. He came in with a bang. Everybody's, oh my God, all the swerve is here. He's going to be a megastar. I mean, this guy is, this guy's dark, basically. Elevation and dark is where he dwells. If that. Bro, turn me, turn me up more on your end. Put, pitch me into the bro. Rig. I can't My turn you up anymore. I can't, tu- I can't turn you up anymore, bro. What the fuck do you want? How are these people still not hearing you, bro? I know. My wife just said the same thing. If if there's no more, if there's no more on your end to go, then I'll use mine. Say something, Gad. Talk. Say something. Okay. How's that? Okay. That's got to be. I mean, I I just raised you. There you go. Okay. All right. It might show in the red on you, but maybe it's coming out better for them. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, you guys hard of hearing, man? You guys deaf in the chat tonight or, or what? I don't know. You hear me, though. My wife said the same thing, so let's just see if that helps. Well, I don't, your wife is not deaf. I know. She's, well, she's, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> so. You know better than I, man. I don't, I don't know. know about I don't, that, bro. I don't know. How many times I got to repeat shit for, I'm, you think I'm bullshitting. I got to say everything twice to this woman, but whatever. So that's, that's how we feel about Swerve. And if he's listening, if he's listening, bro, I mean, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. We, we, we want you to be up here, man. You're fucking, where are you? Where is he? Where is he, bro? Yeah, he's where the chicken is. Look, the chicken is more over than fucking Swerve is. And don't get me wrong. The match with Darby was fucking great, man. It was a banger tonight. Crowd in Milwaukee was awful. I don't know what the fuck they were doing, man. They were uh, they were contemplating uh, some sort of cheddar on their mind tonight. I don't I don't know, but we got uh, this match opening the show tonight, and they did not come alive, Jesse, until uh, they nearly killed each other off of a fucking poison rana that happened on no. the outside, off the apron to the ring, man. They nearly killed each other. That's when the crowd finally popped and said, "Holy shit! Holy shit! Holy shit!" Yeah. Yeah, that was about the the only time they woke up tonight, man. Yeah, really. So they did a, a, a reverse Rana, took Swerve, did Darby, from the ring to the floor with a, a reverse Rana. Darby then landed a top rope coffin drop. Prince Nana came to ringside and put Swerve's foot on the bottom rope to stop the count. Darby then uh, chased Nana as he ran up the aisleway. Brian Cage walked out to protect Nana. We'll talk about Cage in a second. Uh, Darby re-entered the ring, Swerve caught him with a kick to the head, which looked great, and then a leaping double stomp. He sold an ankle injury, he made the cover, he scored a two count because Darby kicked out. Darby kicked Swerve's ankle and then he ran the ropes, Cage tripped him up as he hit the ropes. The ref ordered Cage and Nana to the back, and then Swerve picked up a chair, but Darby kicked it out of his hands. Darby landed a code red for a believable, very close near fall. Darby then scored the pin uh, just a couple of seconds later with a Last Supper pinfall. 
And uh, that was basically it. 15 minutes, and Darby gets his win uh, and gets some momentum uh, in the Battle of the Four Pillars on his end, going into double or nothing. Brian Cage, Jesse, has re-upped with AEW. He is now all elites, or he's staying with AEW slash Ring of Honor. Uh, he is not going to WWE. He's not going to test free agency. He is not going to uh, give the WWE uh, any look at all. And qu- be on Miz TV? Quite, quite honestly, no, he's not going to be on Miz TV because that's the first thing that they probably have with him uh, on the roster, or, or he'd end, or he'd end up in AEW, or uh, he'd end up in uh, NXT, uh, leaving AEW and, and feuding with fucking Axiom on uh, on NXT. But um, he is all elite, Jesse. Uh, I mean, he's probably making the right decision. The, the, I mean, the waters over there, man, are so murky at the point at this point. Like, who the fuck would even want to entertain anything that's going on over there? No, I agree. Uh, I mean, when when we thought Triple H was going to be running the full show, um, I was one saying that, hey, man, it, I think Brian Cage might be better off in the Yeah, game. yeah. I really would. But with Vince back and how vindictive he is, no one coming from AEW was going to get looked at seriously, man. So I wouldn't go. Well, the, the people are rumoring, uh, uh, throwing rumors out there, bro. It's rumored that WWE may be cutting 50 to $100 million in budget. Now, that's just not active roster, but that means company-wide because, you know, you got to understand, and, and I, I don't really know the inner workings of what's going on or how this is going to be run by Endeavor, but, you know, you would assume that if Endeavor doesn't need a department in WWE that they have on their end, what the fuck do they need to keep that department for on WWE side? How many cuts are they going to be? You know? Well, we, we were used to a lot of cuts when it was just Vince pulling the trigger. Now we get outsiders of the pro wrestling world with way in who are just not going to see the value and they're just going to see people as numbers. That's yes. It. Numbers. Yes. For example, if, 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 if Endeavor has their own social media team and they do their own social media, what the fuck do you need WWE social media team for? You could, you could keep a couple of people and merge them over to the other side, but how many people are going to be losing their job? A lot of people are going to be losing their fucking job. You know, if, if, if the, and usually that that's the, Number one concern with mergers like this, it's money and payroll and overheads, whatever they can do to bring in the biggest profit margin. Yeah. They don't care about the fans and how happy or unhappy they are. They're going to look at the bottom line and the bottom number. How much should we be making off this deal? We want to make more. So what is Endeavor going to pay Brian Cage? Do they even know who the fuck a Brian Cage is? No. No. Fuck you going to bring him in for? No. So he, he, he made the right decision to stay. Uh, the waters are very murky and soon to be bloody over there on the WWE side of things. And Vince McMahon, with the hiring freeze uh, that uh, is reported to be going on right now, Brian Cage didn't end up over there. Jay White didn't go over there. And Chris Jericho made uh, quite the statement about that, that WWE had Jay White on a fucking silver platter and they passed on him. So uh, it, it goes to show you what's going on there uh, with WWE. But they had enough money to re-up Logan Paul, bro. They, they had uh, Logan Paul re-sign a new contract with WWE. I guess the hiring freeze wasn't for everybody, man, unless you're Logan Paul. That's easy. It's easy for them to book Logan Paul. He doesn't take any effort, any creative. No. Just throw him out there with someone who can go, and he'll look good, and they'll be happy. You know got to come up with too many weekly storylines or... Uh, promos or factions, throw them out there at pay-per-views. You know, you, know how many, you know how many people I had in my in my comments that I had to shut off yesterday because they said, oh, well, Logan Paul was a re-up. He, he's not a new hire. 
Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, This man was a free agent on night one of WrestleMania. He was no longer a WWE employee. Might as well fucking be a a new hire. Yes. The purpose of a hiring freeze is to to stop hiring. Stop stop raising payroll at at, at all costs. Yes. Re-upping a contract is adding to the payroll. Yeah, re-upping a contract that I'm sure they're paying him double on now from they're the last contract. Him a lot of money <laughs> to work less dates. I bet. I bet he's. I bet he's making it's, more than what they were going to give it, Jay White for less dates. Yes, it bro. It's it's so funny how how you know me being a content creator, you now being a content creator, getting your feet wet, man. How many people are out there on social media just wanting and waiting in the wings to prove you wrong? Like, bitch, they're paying this guy double, possibly triple what they paid him. This is. Obviously, obviously going against the reported hiring freeze that SAP reported on. Don't tell me I'm wrong. They're paying him more money. The fuck are you talking about? They would have gotten a fucking steal with Jay White in the WWE. It's a selective hiring freeze. It's a difference. Yes, it's a selective hiring freeze. We hire the guys that Vince want and not the guys Triple H want. That's the freeze. How soon before they cut somebody like Bray Wyatt? Says Brian in the chat. Bray's gone. No one's talking about it. Don't worry, bro. He'll be uh, he'll be gone sooner than you think. They'll cut him again. How much money is he making? Three million? Four million? I don't know. I don't know. What, I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't hear any rumors on the, on the deal that they get. Wyatt. He was making close to four million on the last contract. I don't know if he's making that much now, but I mean, what is uh, what is WWE's uh, return on investment there? Zero. But whose fault is it? It's Vince. Their own. Vince's fault. Blame everything on Vince. This was a great match with Darby and Swerve. Um, really good stuff. Uh, what we said about Swerve earlier is genuinely how we feel. And Darby gets the win over uh, Swerve. And then MJF comes out. And MJF's music hits. He's out in the ring after a commercial break. He's got a microphone. He called Milwaukee Midwaukee. Uh, definitely apropos tonight for sure. Um, he said, Midwalkie aren't very bright, but since he's holding the microphone, shut it. MJF told the crowd to give it up for Darby, who had, uh, just had one hell of a match. So the fans start chanting, Darby, Darby. I'm surprised they had the energy to do that tonight. He said, it's especially impressive, given that your daddy, Sting, wasn't out here. MJF told Darby that they had one of the greatest matches in pro wrestling history at Full Gear 2021, and that was a fucking great match. I don't know if it's one of the best matches in pro wrestling history, but uh, it's definitely in the top 10 for sure, AEW history. He said, Darby is a shitty little emo schmuck, but pound for pound, he's one of the best he's ever faced. He began doing his catchphrase, and the fans started to join in and chant along with him, and he told the fans that he's sick of them doing his catchphrase. He said that he beat Darby with a headlock takeover, but... He thinks he can take the AW title from him. Ha ha. He said Darby has likely suffered 30 concussions, but he's not on the level of the devil. Darby then asked MJF if he's happy. He asked if anything he's done in his entire life has made him happy. He says he met him six years ago wrestling in front of 30 people. He said MJF told him that when he made it to national television, all of his problems would wash away. He says he's still the same, though. Darby said MJF chases material things, and he's wearing a blue fucking beautiful blazer out there. So he was pointing at MJF and the suit he's wearing and the scarf and the sunglasses and the watch, the Breitling watch he's got on. And he's learned that those things don't mean shit. 
He says he's checked himself into therapy during his first year in AEW because he refused to be one of those people acting happy on the outside while being miserable on the inside. He recommended people do therapy. I hate those types of people, Jesse. People uh, acting happy on the outside while being miserable on the inside. Man, fake. I can't stand them. That was, that was your life. I have the life. Half your life, wasn't it? Kind of, yeah. Smile. I mean, you get better at it, but smiling I when... I didn't take therapy, though. I didn't go to therapy. This is your therapy, bro. Behind that mic, in front of that camera. That's why I got you here, man. Look at that. This guy's, giving me, uh, this guy's giving me valedictorian answers over here. Look at that. There you go, man. You got to get it off your chest somehow, and that's how you do it, right here. There you go. He said he stopped caring about himself and started giving back. He said he helped his dad retire and brought his mom, or bought his mom a house. He said Sting isn't his dad. He's his best friend in the entire company. He said pro wrestling is just a 15-minute ride, and he won't be left wondering who all these people are. He shares nothing in common with that he's going to let into his personal life. Crowd kind of went quiet here, and uh, they didn't really give anything back to Darby when he got really personal. Says he won't lower his morals to someone in this world, to be somebody in this world. And MJF said Darby is an arrogant little boy. He asks if he thinks he's special and doesn't have to go through what others have done for decades to make it to the top. He says he's sick and tired of him, Jack, and Sammy lecturing him about morals. He said morals kill careers in this business. He said Darby isn't a daredevil. He's a gutless coward because you don't have the balls to sacrifice what must be sacrificed. He asks if he's not keenly aware he'll end up on his deathbed alone or if uh, an afterlife exists. He won't go to heaven. He says he doesn't care as long as the title, the AEW title, comes with him. So basically, he, he is agreeing with what Darby said that all MJF cares about is material things because he wants to take the AEW title to the fucking afterlife with him. He says that's all that matters. He says he's willing to do whatever it takes while Darby won't. He paused and said... He'll do whatever it takes to leave a legacy in this sport, and it will read MJF the greatest of all time. He says he can keep his morals, but his legacy will read Darby Allen, Sting's bitch. So Sting's music hit, and Sting walked out, and I got up off my seat because I'm like, here we go. This is going to get a little more interesting. He gets in the ring. He approaches MJF. He's wearing a black leather jacket. He starts pulling out pom-poms as if he's a cheerleader from his jacket. He starts throwing the pom-poms at MJF's face. Says he's got like someone he found Julia Hart's old locker. Probably, yeah. There were definitely a mix of black and white uh, pom poms. So it was uh, pre and post Julia Hart, no doubt about it. So uh, he started throwing pom poms at MJF's face. He threw more out of his jacket. Fans taunted MJF with a pom pom chant. Stink says he will stop offending him as long as MJF's uh, MJF stops talking about his Cody Day stuff. Uh-oh, uh-oh, he says. Oh, did I mention Cody, MJF? Did I make a Cody reference? I did, didn't I? There he is. I said, Cody, and the truth hurts, doesn't it, Max? He said, he said Sting was, uh, um, Sting said uh, Rick, Rick Flair was uh, his support system. So now he's Darby's support system. Stink said his support system was Ric Flair. He thanked Flair for putting him on the map. He said, I love you, nature boy, pointing in the camera. Ric Flair did tweet at Sting during the show. He did uh, some of the Crow Sting stuff for a little bit, and then he went to Wolfpack Sting. He gave a shout-out to big guy Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. Uh, he did not mention X-Pac during this. Good. So, uh, what? Good? Good. 
Why? Oh, uh, Xbox got you. Well, he's got me blocked too. Okay, good. Yeah, good. it's uh, that whole uh, Shawn Michaels click, bro. Finished. Ah, okay. Yeah, I- I'm blocked by. No, everybody's blocked by HBK. I don't know why. Um, so he mentions uh, Scott only points up to the sky. He says he's got a little Joker left in him from the uh, obvious Impact Sting uh, Joker days. But he doesn't have a hunger for the world title anymore. He says he'd be real with everybody. Showtime is almost over. But Showtime is just starting for Darby, and Darby will become the AW World Champion. And he put his arm around MJF and yelled, it is Showtime. Darby said he will leave the business the same person he was when he entered, and he will be the AW World Champion and, and end MJF's reign of terror. There was uh, so much to like about this, man. I loved everything about this segment. Darby opened up to the fans. Uh, He was very direct with MJF. MJF, obviously, continues to bring out the best in everybody. Uh, Sting threw it out there that uh, this potentially is the last year for him, that the the rodeo is almost coming to a close here. So who knows what's going to happen with Sting and his last match, where and when that's going to be. All in all, this was a tremendous segment, and I'm very much looking forward to how they continue this with Sammy Guevara. Because you know it's going to come and what MJF's going to say to Sammy to bring out the best in Sammy. And that's something I'm going to be even more interested in because Sammy's got one hell of a story too. And Sammy's got one hell of a fire in him. He's not going to take MJF's bullshit. So I'm loving everything that's going on here, man. You know, I, I know they're setting up for some mega matches at the Double or Nothing pay-per-view. And a lot of people on paper might not think that this is a main event big enough to headline one of their biggest shows of the year. But to me, it absolutely is. Uh, MJF has proved himself time and time again that he is uh, a main event guy and could lead a pay-per-view at the top of the card, clearly. But with the other guys, man, with him there, they're going to create magic, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Um, so uh, so Darby was really good in his promo with MJF. Yes. And it's something that you wouldn't expect. Sorry. But here's how I think Darby got better at promos. And this is how... Hold on. Sorry. This is how I think everyone who's not great at promos can improve. When you go out there to do a promo and you're not comfortable with it, you often find yourself trying to be someone that you're not. Yeah. You're trying to get into a feeling and get into a character. When for some, it's they're capable of bringing themselves, elevating themselves to a character. But for others, if you just be yourself, genuinely be yourself, pretend this camera's not here, pretend we're sitting in fucking gorilla, just having a chit chat. That's how you talk. And that's how Darby comes off. He's just coming off. He's coming off like he's, look, I got some stuff on my chest. I'm going to get it out. I'm going to emphasize the, the, the important parts of the promo. But other than that, I'm going to be chill and relaxed. MJF is going to be MJF on a microphone because that's all MJF knows how to do. Darby, I think the mistake he made early on in this AEW run was trying to be this great promo, this larger-than-life promo, when all he needs to do is just be himself genuinely. I know it's easy to say, but I mean it. Just chill, relax, and talk in the same tone and manner that you would anywhere else. Um, go ahead and, and, and get excited and emphasize the big parts of it, but then just be yourself. And right now, to me, Darby just feels like a, a regular dude. And I can appreciate that because he feels like he's talking to me when he cuts a promo. Yeah, I like that. He doesn't need to be anything more than, than what he is now. I mean, it's, that's, that's what it comes down to, genuineness. 
Yeah. A lot of people just don't don't seem to to grasp that genuine relationship from what they do in the ring with that microphone to the audience. They try to be something that they're not. They try to over embellish. They try to, you know, amp it up. Like sometimes yeah. it works. For for Darby, you know, he doesn't need to do that. He he's yeah. he, he listens to to fucking punk rock. He listens to heavy metal. He skateboards. He's a fucking uh he, he's risks his life doing everything he fucking does, man, with the risks yeah. he takes. The, the fuck does he need is, to be anything more than who, than who he is? The thing is, his his gimmick coincides with him just being just like monotone and down but serious. You know, that that coincides with his gimmick. His yeah. gimmick is not someone who's always amped up. So he can chill, relax, be himself. And it comes off as a part of his gimmick because his, his, his gimmick is an emo style gimmick. So just stay the pace of what your gimmick is. And that's why he's coming off as a lot more believable these days. Yeah. Uh, Jack Perry's gotten a lot better, too, with the promos. Uh, yes. Now that you mention it, you know, he's become a little bit more. Uh, I, I don't want to say, you know, he was forced or anything or he was forcing a promo out there, but he, he didn't sound he didn't sound natural. You know, he tried right. to be something more than than what he was. I mean, right. if Jack Perry, like like you said about Darby, if Jack Perry and I are having a conversation, I want him to cut that promo uh, the same way he would have a discussion with me, you know, off camera. But, yeah. you know, like you said, accentuate the words that you need to do and get animated when you need to. When he when yeah. he was cutting those promos on Christian Cage, that is what I want to see, especially with this yes. going after the, uh, the world title in MJF. And another thing is when you have a heel, when you have someone giving you um, material to work off of, i.e., you don't really want Jungle Boy or Darby going out to cut a fresh promo on a fresh feud that the heel hasn't said anything about yet. Yep. It's easier to go out there and react to something that they already did or said. So when Jungle Boy comes out, he has a reason. I think I mentioned this before. MJF gives people a reason to elevate their anger and come up to a higher degree because he's done or said some shit that would normally piss someone off. So it seems natural when Jungle Boy comes out calm and cool because that's how he is. But then when he gets elevated, it's because MJF did some shit like talk about his girl or insult his mom and his sister. So he has a reason to be uh, uncharacteristically angry and amped. And I think that's how MJF helps others improve on their promo work. Yeah, I, I would be very curious to know the inner workings of Tony Khan's mind when he put all this together. You know, obviously MJF has proved that he's one of the best wrestlers in the world uh, with what he did against Brian Danielson. And, and I said this, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, I might have said them uh, two weeks in a row now uh, with, with MJF. You're starting to see, if you didn't already see it, which I don't know why you wouldn't have, you're starting to see the value now in what MJF brings to the table in the ring and what he does verbally now to bring everybody else up to his level. This is exactly what this storyline is doing with everybody else. Not to say that MJF, you know, was ahead of everybody here in the Four Pillars, which, you know, I guess by default he was because he's the world champion. But, you know, this is AEW's way of bringing everybody else up a little bit with the power of what MJF brings to the table because he's got that power in him to bring everybody else up. And a lot of people really aren't noticing that we notice it here. We notice it all the time. Every time MJF is in the ring with anybody. I mean, he even brought Punk to a new level. So, and, and Punk is one of the best ever on the microphone. So, 
That's the power of what he's doing right now. And if you're not on Team MJF, man, I swear to God, you got to get on Team MJF. Seriously. Yeah. Powerhouse Hobbs. We're on Team Hobbs, but not in this TNT title run that's going nowhere. Silas Young, one minute. Nice payday for Silas Young. He got a huge spine buster and then a backbreaker power slam. One, two, three, and that was it. So after the match was over, Hobbs and Marshall began dragging Silas up the ramp. Wardlow showed up on the big screen and bashed the windows and headlights of his new car, which was a gift from QT. So we started smashing the headlights and the hood and scratching the, the side of the uh, of the passenger side door, breaking windows in the back with a steel pipe. He was destroying this car right before our very eyes. All of a sudden, he then takes a forklift and tips the car over, and there's shattered glass everywhere, and car enthusiasts everywhere are really just uh, crying on the inside here. So Hobbs is throwing a fit on stage. So Wardlow didn't put the forklift in park. It started to just roll into the car, which luckily the car was there. Otherwise, it would have rolled right into the fucking street. So um, Wardlow then came out on the stage and brawled with Hobbs. Aaron Solo came out and jumped on Wardlow. Uh, He was uh, really given the I don't give a fuck treatment tonight because Wardlow took him and powerbombed him off the stage. Luckily, his head didn't hit the fucking table that was down below. He went absolutely through the one table and the table just fucking blew up with the force of this powerbomb. So Solo uh, got his uh, ass handed to him tonight. So he reacted hurt there. He was not moving. And Wardlow and Hobbs had to be kept separated from each other by officials and talent that came out from the back to separate these two before next week's TNT title match. I mean, the the obvious here is that the angle that they did in the parking lot, Jesse, I thought was very well done. I mean, it's not breaking any new boundaries or fucking, uh, you know, lighting the world on fire. I mean, we've seen this type of thing in pro wrestling time and time and time again, but... Like we said before, man, uh, I, I love Wardlow. I think Wardlow is uh, a huge future of the industry if given the right fucking push and the, with the momentum and, and the creative aspect behind it. He's got none of that right now. And I, I don't I, – I, he had it. He had it. He had it. He had a lot of it. Bro, they invested so much time in getting Wardlow over by him being MJF's heavy. All of that time, it wasted. All of that time was the time needed to get him as over as he was. You wasted. can't just instantly get it back, especially if you're gonna do it by chopping his hair and taking his title repeatedly. This shit is not gonna work anymore. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I listen. Wardlow, he's never gonna get that back. As long as he's in AEW, with what they got him doing now, this directionless fucking drivel on television, he is never going to achieve what he achieved by being the heavy and the bodyguard to MJF. It's over. He had he had Goldberg-like chance. He had this Goldberg-like aura. He had this fucking, I'm the future of this company aura. I mean, people were talking about when MJF won the world title. We were even talking about it then, when MJF won the world title, because we all knew he was going to win the world championship. When MJF wins the world championship, the number one guy to take that belt off of him would be Wardlow. Then, bro, how vastly different that discussion is, man. I, I don't even, in the same breath, I don't even fucking mention that anymore. 
Hollywood guy in the chat says Wardlow is like the next Ryback. I can't disagree with it. I, I mean, it's it's a fair point. It is. It's a fair point. How hot did Ryback start up, bro? Ryback was the next big thing in pro wrestling. How fucking quick did they kill him off? Yeah. Dead. Yep. Dead. I can't disagree with it. I mean, it sucks to, to, to say, but winning the TNT title next week in Pittsburgh, which I have a feeling they're going to do, hot potato the title again, it will mean absolutely nothing. And you're going to give Wardlow a championship that is ice cold, that is not going to make him better. And with the direction that they have him going, he's not going to make the title better. So what are we doing here? We're just beating our feet and running around in circles. That's all we're doing. Yeah. And, and I yeah. will say... I, 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 I say you pull him. Just, just pull him off TV for a few weeks. Come up with some with, with, with a new way to reintroduce him. You don't got to change his gimmick. Not, no shit like that. But just reintroduce him with a different focus and a different direction, away from Hobbs, away from the TNT title, and just start over. Just start over and build them back up. Because if you if you did it once, you can do it again. But you can't keep redoing this shit over and over and over. I will say this, and I I know I've said this in the past, and I don't want to put words or thoughts in Wardlow's mind. I can only tell you what I would be thinking if I'm Wardlow. And in that environment and getting this shit created from AEW right now, I don't know when Wardlow's contract is up. But if Wardlow's contract is up, because you know for a fact that Triple H is fucking signed Wardlow away quicker than you can breathe. But if his contract is up, bro, I am not even, I'm not even entertaining a, 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 a contract from AEW. I'm, I don't give a shit what's going on over WWE. I'm going to WWE. Honestly. No, I wouldn't go to WWE. I mean, that's, listen, bro. How much worse can it be for someone like Wardlow? Because with AEW, he's on TV. You know, if, if I had to leave AEW, if I'm Wardlow, I wouldn't go to WWE. I would go to New Japan where Wardlow would fucking dominate. Ward, Wardlow, would be, it, it, Wardlow would be world champion on Impact within six months. Not fucking Impact, man. I, I mean. Better exposure in, in New Japan. Yes. Yes, he would, he really but. Would. He I mean, wrestle. That's the thing. New Japan is very wrestling heavy and they love big, huge, sweaty American guys. They would push him really hard over there. And then he's still attached to AEW. He can come back at spots here and there, make a bigger name for himself overseas. Yeah. I'm not saying he should go to New Japan to get rid of him. I think it would improve his career. I really, really think it would. I don't know, man. It's 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 so sad. It, it really is. That title match next week, I, I should be more excited about that because we're fans of both Hobbs and Wardlow. Absolutely zero care from both of us going into that match next week. That title is in fucking shambles. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it's. I don't want to say it is because nothing is as bad as what it was, but bro, we're looking at the, the 24-7 title uh, on AEW television. This is their version of the 24-7 title. It doesn't flip-flop as, as much as it did on WWE television, but, I mean, with the amount of times that we flip back and forth, man, hot potato in this title, man, just by that alone, there's no prestige and relevancy on that title at all. Yeah, I agree, man. Awful. Definitely. Jay White, he is all elite as of last week, and Juice Robinson, rock hard. Juice Robinson, still don't know why. We know why. I just don't know why. I just, we, well, I mean, she wasn't looking the best tonight, bro. I think uh, I think Sky Blue is kind of overtaking, uh, you I know, kinda, Tony I Ty, to bro. I say that, but I don't want to hear you start crying. Uh, listen, man. Listen, I'm right there with you. Uh, 
Sky Blue may have overtaken the number one spot, bro. Tony is now moved down to number two, bro. She's up there. She's up there. So Jay White and Juice Robinson were talking about how they're getting started in AEW. Juice said Ricky Starks is just the first of their victims. White said this is going to be the greatest era of Bullet Club ever. He said they're overtaking AEW because this is Bullet Club gold. NWO Wolfpack? Yeah. Okay. Basically. Basically. Hopefully they know what they're doing with Jay White. I don't want to see Jay White become the next Wardlow here. Okay, TK? This guy should be at the top of the card in six months. Minimum. I think Jay White is very protected because of his friends. Yes. Um, I, 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 actually, I actually agree that this, is, this might be a very a nice little entry point for Jay White. And then when they're done wrapping up business that the elite have with House of Black, they can easily... Uh, get Jay White into that fold, whether it's with them or against them. That that story is always there, so we don't have to start off by putting him right there with the elite. So I kind of like this right here. Yeah, yeah, they got a good uh, Jay White's got a good foundation there to take whatever he's doing with the Bullet Club, and obviously seek guidance from or direction from Kenny, Matt, Nick, uh, Adam Page. I mean, he's in good hands there. I think he made the right decision for more than one obvious reason. Uh, not going to WWE, so it's going to be a good move for Jay White. Hopefully, they uh, they know what they're doing over there in AEW. Yeah, Orange Cassidy, he defended the AEW International Championship against Buddy Matthews easily, and I mean easily, the best match on the entire show. All the uh, Orange Cassidy haters, man, they were a little quiet tonight, Jesse. They were a little quiet again because uh, of what the man did tonight in that ring defending his championship. You know, I can sit here every single week, bro, and and say, and it never gets old, and I mean it more and more every single week, man. I may be a mark, but it's true. Buddy Matthews is one of the best pro wrestlers on this fucking planet, man. He is incredible. Absolutely incredible. And tonight, I will say this. I honestly think Tony Khan passed up a huge opportunity, man. Tonight should have been a title change, and Buddy Matthews should have been the new international champion. This title was tailor-made for someone like him, man. I don't know how he didn't get crowned the new champion tonight. What a missed opportunity. I disagree. Really? Yeah. Look, what have we been talking about about these title changes? They seem to be investing a lot of time an effort into Orange Cassidy and this and this um, whatever the name of the title is now, um, and and the result is Orange Cassidy is giving us fantastic wrestling matches. Yes, yes. He's he's silencing his critics of oh he's just this he's just that all the fucking complaints all of that shit. In the meantime, Orange Cassidy is here week in and week out giving us. Fantastic wrestling matches. Now, I've been on here saying that Orange Cassidy needs to get rid of that title and things like that, but he's he's been defending it. He's had it. He's been looking good. His opponents have been looking good. At this point, keep it going. At this point, keep giving Orange Cassidy fantastic matches with fantastic wrestlers and let him keep showing how great he is in the ring because it's doing two things. Is getting Orange Cassidy over as a fucking legit wrestler. One he, he already is, but 
but he's fighting uphill bat- uh, battle because of his gimmick. So that's fine. He can he can wrestle his way out of that fucking box, and then you're also bringing more prestige to this title. So when he does lose it, it means something. I say. Stay the course with Orange Cassidy in this title right now. Man, you may get uh, a lot of volatile emails and DMs because of uh, your uh, praise for Orange Cassidy being a fantastic pro wrestler, man. Jim Cornette may end up blocking you. Jeez. Hey, man, say what you want. If, If you hate him because of his gimmick, I'll listen to you. But I won't listen to stupidity. And stupidity is saying that the guy can't wrestle. He's proved that. Weekend and weekend. I mean, so I, I mean, I don't listen to these. I don't listen to those people. Those people are fucking uh, as brain dead as uh, a fucking eggplant. Me yeah, bright. Hey, you kidding yeah, me? You, Orange Cassidy is a bad wrestler. What are you watching? It's look. I <laughs> Clearly, you're it. not watching at all. If that's the fucking opinion, I get it. I remember, you know, a few years ago, not that long ago, a few years ago, when we had a babyface Roman Reigns out there that no one liked. His gimmick was shoved down our throats. He was getting booed all over the place. But then those haters tried taking that energy and tried saying that Roman can't wrestle. Slow down, Prairie Dog. I get why you don't like him. I don't like him either, but no one said the guy couldn't fucking work, man. Roman can fucking work in the ring, and so can Orange Cassidy, man. Yes, Roman Roman was... With the gimmicks. Yeah, Roman wasn't bad, you know, when he was a babyface. He, he could obviously work. He worked better with some than others, he yeah. worked great with with Brian. He worked great with Rusev. He worked great with Bray. He, he worked incredible. Which he he worked incredible with Strowman, right? So yeah. uh, and even Lesnar. I mean, the match at WrestleMania thirty one. I mean, Roman held his own against that. Was that was their best match? That was still to awesome. their day. So awesome. so I, I don't really understand that narrative. But obviously, he's gotten better as he's aged, and now we see the Tribal Chief and what he's kind of put all together all right. for himself, like. You know, why can't Orange Cassidy do something like that? With that yeah. ring work. Yeah. But um, this match was great. I, I, I love this match. Uh, there were a couple of moments where I, I legitimately thought Buddy Matthews was going to win the championship. It was all about Orange Cassidy's hand. His hand was taped, and he couldn't uh, follow up with uh, much because of his hand. Doctors checked on him during the match. Um, Cassidy at one point countered Buddy off the top rope uh, into a satellite DDT. Uh, Matthews blocked another satellite DDT, but Cassidy fought back by driving Matthews repeatedly into the corner uh, buckles. Then both men are in the ring trading super kicks on the apron. And Matthews again blocked another DDT, this time responding with a pump knee right to the face. Matthews wanted to destroy her, but Cassidy counted into a beach break on the apron. So the referee, Bryce Remsberg, was counting very slowly. He he had a long, drawn-out nine count, and both guys beat the nine counts, or the ten count, rather, out of nine, and they get back in the ring and started a forearm battle back and forth. Matthews went right for the hand, the hand that was taped, but he tried to uh, mock a little bit by using those, uh, those gimmick kicks that Cassidy does right on him, and opted to knee Cassidy right in the face. Cassidy fought back with a stun dog millionaire Superman punch. Cassidy tried for a superplex. Matthews reversed it. Cassidy counted into a huge avalanche DDT. Cassidy then hit a diving DDT on the floor. And then another DDT in the ring. So three DDTs. Jake Roberts is probably fucking just fucking festering with anger. 
You know, you know, once upon a time, the DDT finished you in one shot, bro. Three fucking DDTs, one of them being an avalanche, and he kicks out. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I thought about, you know, those narratives like, oh, there used to be one of these did it. It's kind of hard to keep an audience interested by doing the same exact moves for 20 and 30 years straight. Yeah. So I, if the DDT is a finisher and always a finisher and never will be a finisher, it's hard to create new moves. You might create a three or four new moves that might be more exciting than a DDT. I get both sides, but when Jake did it, it was special. 30 years later, how long can you keep it special? You know? I mean... You got, it has to evolve. Who had a better T, who, who had a better DDT, Jake Roberts or Raven? Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't say Raven so I could say fuck you, Raven. I'm like, oh, that's I don't a know. T- that's a tough one, man. Know. I'll uh, I'll leave that for the chat, man. That's a good one, man. Ooh. For everybody listening on on YouTube, if you guys are watching afterwards Ooh. or on Spotify or Blue Wire, I, I mean, Raven had a fucking DDT, man. Holy Ooh. shit, man, my guy, uh, my guy, Johnny Polo, man. Remember Johnny Polo? Nah. You don't remember Johnny Polo with the Quebecers? That's Raven. No, 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 no. That was his gimmick. Uh, no, I, don't, yeah. I don't remember that gimmick at all. No. We're not the Mounties. We're handsome. We're brave. We're sure you don't remember them. Thank God I was watching WCW. <laughs> <laughs> the Ravens even flow DDT. I'm so glad you mentioned that. That is so underrated, the way he executed the DDT, dude. It was Fucking perfect. Bro, even I loved Raven, man. Raven was so fucking great. Even his even his uh his um one-liner, man, quote the Raven, nevermore. Nevermore. I mean, he was fucking great. Some of his best ma- best match. I remember watching a, a Halloween Havoc with him in it and him just oh it was it was I love Raven, dude. I Raven, Darby Allen is a is a new age Raven without the promo ability. Yeah. Um I think Raven was a lot like Bray Wyatt is right now. Or, or back the back of the woods, Bray Wyatt, uh, sort of say. But I think I think Raven was a very underrated um, in ring worker. I think I read somewhere that uh, that Raven is actually going through some really bad uh, health issues. So uh, I don't. Uh, I hope everything is uh, on the men there. But I hope uh, so. that, he, that's he, he looks like he's aging horribly. Man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um. So yeah, uh, after those three DDTs, kick out. Cassidy tried the orange punch again. Matthews hit a pump knee. Um, and he attempted, Mur- uh, I keep saying Murphy's Law, Matthew's Law. I guess he, maybe he still calls it Murphy's Law. Who the fuck knows? Uh, only for Cassidy to get the orange punch for a near fall. Matthews dared Cassidy to punch him again, and uh, Cassidy just collapsed. So uh, he suckered Cassidy in with a pump knee again. Cassidy dared Matthews this time. Matthews blocked the orange punch with a curb stomp for two. He tried Fort Matthews Law again, but Cassidy got a mouse trap flash pin, which is basically a crucifix style pin. One, two, three, and Buddy Matthews takes an L here in a tremendous match, which I'd love to see again. But we have Orange Cassidy retaining the international championship. Who takes this title off of Orange Cassidy, bro? Is it somebody in the House of Black? Maybe Malachi takes the belt off of Orange Cassidy? I don't know, but I'll say this. Whoever takes it needs to continue the same energy that yeah. that that Orange has. It needs to be it needs to be the workhorse title. Yeah, it it needs to be the title that the TNT title should be, but it's not. So I think Orange is doing a good job at making it a title that he's willing to bust his ass for on TV and just keep that same energy. And I don't care who takes the title off of him, to be honest. Orange Cassidy's doing great things. We're a fan Sammy of Orange Cassidy. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's, I mean, whoever it is, I mean, yeah, whoever it is, he's had a tremendous run. Whether you like him or not, he's had a tremendous run. He's a great pro wrestler. So shout out to Orange Cassidy, man, when he's uh, got nothing but fucking geeks telling him he sucks and all this other shit. Fuck that shit. Whatever. We got a vignette, a quick vignette. I want to see more of it, man. They're teasing me with it. We got Christian Cage and Luchasaurus. We got this brooding red light in the background, and Luchasaurus is looking like he's fucking Kane reemerged or Kane reincarnated here with his uh, lucha mask, his dinosaur mask, and Christian Cage is there, and he is still the handler slash manager for Luchasaurus. Don't know what the relationship is going to be there between those guys, but uh, I liked it the first time around. So I don't know why we wouldn't like it the second time around. And Christian Christian Cage said, some things have changed. And that was basically all he said. Some things have changed. What has changed? I don't know. It looks good, man. Attitude change? Um, Let's see. I I like it. I thought this was going to be a very temporary thing. You know, like we think we both did. We thought that Luchasaurus would end up going back to Jungle Boy. Yep. And maybe that was the original plan. Who knows? Because it it just felt that that was going to happen. Like it was all a big ruse. But they stuck with it. They've had the issues with his mask and then injuries and things like that. Maybe they just went away from it and keep these guys together. Yep. Awesome. Love it. Very interesting. Christian Cage is awesome. We love him. Yep. Renee Paquette was backstage with the best friends in Orange Cassidy. As Trent said, Cassidy was fine and will continue to defend his title. Trent said he and Chuck are a little jealous. So they challenged Aussie Open to defend their IWGP tag team titles on Rampage this Friday, which is being preempted by the NBA on TNT. And uh, who knows when that's going to come on. It could be, uh, it could be, uh, uh, what time does Rampage usually go on? 10, it could be after 11 o'clock, 11.30. So good luck with that. Yeah. I ain't staying up for that shit. Let me ask you something, man. Yeah. Isn't it about high time that RC Open gives us some kind of explanation as to why they're here what their aspiration they just show up and give us matches and leave i don't know that's it i mean i mean i don't really think too much of it bro i think tony Khan looks at them as one of the best tag teams on the planet and he's uh oh let me book you guys on the show tell us that give us some promos my son watches AEW with me he said who are these guys uh I could sit and explain it to you, but you know what? I shouldn't have to. <laughs> I mean, it's they seem to be here quite often, which is fine. They're great in the ring. But start telling us who these guys are. Start telling us what they like, what they don't like. Let's hear them talk. I mean, they're not one-offs anymore. They show up all the fucking time. So we need to hear from these guys about what their goal is while they're here in AEW. Maybe it's just me. Ah, well. I mean, they'll be on AEW television uh, more and more as we get into uh, Forbidden Door. Uh, the chat is saying uh, Rampage is on at 9.30 is during SmackDown. Eastern? Eastern, yeah. So it's 8.30 my time, so they're coming on earlier? I guess so. I thought it was after the fucking NBA on TNT. I guess that's ending at 9.30. I don't know. I don't know. I won't be watching. I don't give a, I'm watching a normal week. Who the fuck cares what's on? Oh, I'll be watching. I already cut off dark. I got to keep watching Rampage, man. Shout out to my guy, Dr. Evil Genius in the chat. The Mets won tonight, 5-2. He was at the Mets game today. He's got season tickets. Ah, nice. Yeah. 
Braves won tonight. Beat the Reds. Swept the Reds. Fuck the Reds. Oh, here we go. Nine and four. Nine and four. Having a good wait, year wait. so far. Isn't 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 uh, Sap a Cincinnati guy? Who? Your boyfriend, man. You know who? Oh, uh, SRS, a, a Reds fan. Yeah. Yeah, he got he got swept. The brooms the brooms came out in uh, in Atlanta tonight. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know. The Devil Rays, man, the fucking Tampa Bay Rays. I think they're twelve and zero. No shit. Let me see. I gotta check. I think the Rays. The last time I the, the last time I checked, they were winning. Let me see. Just quickly. I know you guys are fucking. Uh... Oh my god. Um. Oh, the Astros won. Fuck the Astros. Mets won 5-2. Uh, White Sox lost 3-1. Yankees won 4-3. The Cubs lost. Good. Uh, Good. Uh, Phillies lost. Ha, Phillies are 4-8. <laughs> Sucks. Oh, fun. my God. Yeah, they beat the Red Sox, man. 9-7. They're 12-0. Holy Ooh, shit. Look at that, man. Crazy. I'm going to start going to some baseball games this year, man. I think I may go to a couple of Mets games. Yeah. I'll take my son. Um, yeah, so, uh, Aussie Open. Don't know why they're here. Tony Khan doesn't give a shit, so why should we? Start telling us, man. It, it, at the very least, we'll get more invested in their in their awesome matches, so just give them some mic time. You know, we heard from, we heard from, we, we, we hear from, we hear from Juice, we hear from Jay White, you know, they tell us what their goals are here, what they're doing here. Aussie Open, got there and get in the match. Okay, but it's been going on for weeks. Let's start hearing what they're about, please. Yeah. Uh, Ethan Page, he's in the ring. He talked about the rough patches the firm have had in the last couple of weeks. Page demands to know why Matt Hardy hit him with the FTW title last week and demands to know why Hardy puts, or what put Hardy put in the contract. Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy came out and said Page should have read the fine print. Hardy said he manipulated Page as the contract said if Hook beat Page, then Hardy and Private Party are no longer under dominion of the firm. Hardy says they also get to pick a match and stipulation that if they win, they'll no longer be in the firm. Hardy absolutely contradicted himself here as I have no idea what Hardy and Private Party uh, are actually free from. Uh, I mean, I don't really know what the fuck is going on here because I don't watch anything that happens on uh, Rampage or Dark or Elevation or anything, so I don't know what the fuck is going on in this storyline. Uh, do they got to win uh, a match for all, all this to happen? I, I, I don't know. Do you know anything on this, Jesse? Because I'm fucking clueless. Here's what I thought I knew. I thought Stokely Hathaway was like the attorney slash manager slash business guy of the firm. Shouldn't that be his job to read the fucking fine print? I don't know. Yeah, probably, yeah. Just wondering. Yeah. Okay. Well, he lost the hook, so maybe he is uh, selling uh, his injuries and licking his wounds. I don't know. That contract was done a long time ago. So, Paige said that there's more than just Paige in the firm as Big Bill. We like Big Bill. W. Morrissey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Bill, yeah. And Lee Moriarty attacked from behind until Hook made the save. And the numbers game was too much. And this was clearly telegraphed, as you saw where this was going immediately. The numbers were too much as the firm were beating down Hardy, Cassidy, and Hook until Jeff Hardy comes out, sprinted to the ring with a steel chair. Bill and Page were sent to the outside. Moriarty ate a twist of fate and a swanton bomb. 
as the Hardys reunite on AEW Dynamites. And Jeff Hardy, Jesse, is back on TV. I sent, I sent you a text. And, yeah. like, I sent you a text. I think the text said, it looks like they're building up for a Jeff Hardy return. What they're doing with all of this, and, and then uh, you look, you you, you literally looked into your crystal ball, and there you go, man. Thirty seconds later, I didn't think this was going to happen tonight, but it looked like they were like, they're just they're just getting ready for. There is no other reason I have Matt Hardy on TV right now. First so, of all, first of all, can, can I can I ask a serious a serious question? Sure. Why 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 is this this firm this garbage on dynamite? Can 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 anybody explain that to me? Like this you is your this is your question. I th- have an answer for it. Th- th- this is this is your A show. Yet we're getting dark storylines bleeding on over here. Why? Who wants to see right. this? Who wants to and see? I, I understand. Listen, part, I understand. Though. I understand. But, you got to get Jeff Hardy uh, coming out to make the big save. I get it. But uh, I mean, does anybody dr- truly part. give someone a like shit? Stokely Hathaway. Is someone that I, I I want to see on TV. Yes, in a role that fits him. Yes, and the shit you got him doing now, I don't want to see him on TV. I uh, listen. Jesse has been very vocal about about Jeff Hardy and the Hardy Boys as a tandem. I've been very vocal about Jeff Hardy and his fucking mistakes because I live with a family uh, who deals with alcoholism. And I, I know what it does to uh, people, and I know what it does to beat you down. And you know, uh, I don't suffer through that disease, and I, I I I suffer from it because I gotta watch other people suffer, and I gotta deal with their fucking pain and misery because they bring the pain and misery back to everybody else around them. I, I get it, but I, I don't want this to sound the wrong way either. I, I think Jeff is great. I think Jeff is a legend. Uh, I, I'll forever, you know, be you know, with Jeff and what he's done for my childhood and, and everything else. I, I love the Hardys. Don't get me wrong. But, Jesse, is it is it right for Jeff to be back on TV now so soon? And, and yes, it's been, what, a year now? Um, so soon after what had happened? I mean, are, are, is everybody willing to forgive after mistake, after mistake, after mistake? This is the fourth time. He's gotten away with something like this, bro. Do we trust him? And I, it's the same way I am with my fucking family, bro. No matter how much help they try and go get, no matter how many people they try and talk to, no matter how many times they say, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get better. How do we trust that it's going to get better? Do we just kind of wipe everything away and say, yeah, let's give him a fifth chance, bro? Like, I don't, I don't understand where we're going with this. So here's so the way you word the question, like, you yeah. know, does he deserve to be here? Look, I I don't know. Okay, it's and and, and I, honestly, I don't think it's for me or, or us as fans no. to say whether or not he deserves to be back on TV no. right now or not. But I can tell you this: I don't think he's needed on TV. No, anymore. And that's just my personal opinion. I, I agree with everything. I, I get what Jeff is capable of doing, but for me for his style and what he does in the ring, it's too much of a, an injury risk. And not only that, yeah, his demons can easily come back and, and haunt us and everything else. But in 2023, do we really need the Hardy boys on television, man? 
I mean, do we? I think these guys have a lot to bring to this business and to AEW behind the scenes. I really, really, really do. Or in a very light, uh, a legend role like Sting, something like that. But it, it feels like they're getting ready to gear up for another big Hardy Boys run and do it all again and push for the tag titles. It's not needed. And not only that, yeah, we do have the side, you know, the, the 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 side actions that these guys, you know, bring to the table. And I wouldn't say these guys, Matt Hardy has been, you know, he's been a professional. He's been fantastic. But, I mean, geez, man. I mean, the guy is fresh off of a very scary DUI, a highly publicized, high-profile one. I mean, is is he really needed back on television? I mean, I don't think that he does. I'm, I'm Listen, he you is, know, it man. is it is within it is within my fandom to ask. You know, can we trust Jeff Hardy? Because this is not this is not one mistake. This is not. Oh, hey man, I fucked up. I'm sorry. I'll do better. And then he gets better. No, he he's gotten multiple DUIs. He was legitimately. He was just he was legitimately driving with a suspended license. He 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 rented a vehicle driving. He got a vehicle with a suspended license and he was driving. I believe his breathalyzer read three times over the state limit in Florida. He didn't know where he was going. He was caught drunk at 10 o'clock in the morning and he got pulled over. And you saw the sobriety test being given to him in the parking lot. Yeah, everybody saw it. It was all over the fucking place. Am I wrong to ask, can we trust him after five different fucking offenses here? I mean, because I, I, like I said, I asked the same thing about my fucking, can I trust you? I can't trust you. And no, I'm not going to trust you. Actions are going to speak much heavily here. Actions are going to speak much louder than words. I don't want to, I don't want to give this guy a a cast off. Hey, fuck this guy. I'm not going to give him another chance, but how many chances does he actually deserve, bro? Honestly. Yeah. You, you, when you put him back on TV like this, you know, right away. Yeah. You, you are asking the fans to say, okay, go ahead and get invested in them and don't worry. Yeah. I mean, from what Tony Khan told us, this is his last chance. This is it. This is it. What is he going to do with it? Us, so you want to put him back on TV. You want us to cheer him. You want us to buy his merch. They had no problem putting his merch right up there right away in AEW shop. But how invested are we going to get into this guy's? I mean, just just like that. And I mean, I see what you're saying because we get invested in him, then he fucks up again. Yes. Now we're forced to say, okay, forget about it. You know, just stop and, and, stop and, and loving him and return the merch that you just bought. I mean, what I mean, and who knows what happens the next time? He may end up fucking committing murder the next time. We don't fucking yeah. know. And then what happens? Then 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 is that the point where he truly hits rock bottom? Yeah, I mean, you're putting them back on the road, which seems yes. like was probably yes. one of one of his Achilles' heels, is being out there on the road. I mean, five I mean, times. This is not th- like this is not an overnight. This is not a one-time offense. It's not yeah. something that happened overnight, and we're just going to wash it away the next day. He's on the road. He's going to be with his brother, which I hope takes care of him in this case. You know, how many injuries is he going to accumulate now that he's back? Is he going to want to go back to the bottles and the pills and all the fucking vices that he has? On the road, because being on the road is a lot different than being back home with your family and going to rehab and doing what you got to do to get better and get your life straight. But that's what I'm concerned with. That, that's the part I'm concerned with. I do understand that he wants to be back. Yeah, I get the part that he wants to be back. This is his life. He's given how many fucking years? 25 years to us 
doing what he's doing. I know he doesn't want his book to end the way that it happened, you know, with that DUI. I get he wants to fucking go out on his own terms. I, tr- I truly, trust me, I get it. But it's the same fucking thing every single time. Can we trust him? Jesse said, do we need him back on television? We don't need him. It's not really for us to really make that decision. He wants to be back on television. He's going to be back on television. You know, Tony Khan brought him in. You know, there's a business side of this thing as well. Yeah. Tony Khan has not gotten a return on his investment with Jeff Hardy being in the company. He, 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 I mean, he, Jeff Hardy fucked that up. And, and I said to Jesse via text tonight, the only reason why Jeff Hardy's back on television is because AEW in the next three to four months are going to have the most important months in the history of this company. And Tony Khan needs to sell a lot of fucking seats. And that'll be a little bit easier to know that Jeff Hardy is back at 100%. Well, not really 100%, but you guys know what I what I mean. Back on the road, on the roster, in something major, in, in, a, in a nice spotlighted match on one of these shows at Wembley, at All Out, at Grand Slam, at Forbidden Door. You know, who knows? Who knows? So it, it's an all-hands-on-deck mentality as well for Tony Khan. I, I trust me, I get that. But again, it comes back to the trust. It always cycles back to the trust. Yeah, Um uh, Matt just said that he was going to be six to eight weeks out because of eye surgery or something like that. Mm. Like, so I guess that was a work. I mean, he's obviously fine, I guess. Yep. Or if it's not, then he's still not 100% back and ready to go. He's just back to start an angle, maybe. Don't know. But nonetheless, I mean, I'm happy that he's healthy. He looked great. Listen, he looked great, Jesse. I thought he, yes. lo- I thought he looked very, I mean... It was night and day the last time we saw him. Remember, he was fucking yes. loopy-eyed. He was cross-eyed. He, uh, I thought he was going to fucking fall off the top rope at one point during the last match we saw him in. Yeah, but between the way that he exited WWE and then the DUI that we got here in AEW, I failed to understand the rush to get this guy back on TV. Like, you want to get him help, obviously. I mean, first and foremost, but... I mean, unless we're just trying to hurry up and get our money's worth before his contract ends or something. Like, what are we, what is the rush, man? I mean, make sure this guy is completely clean first for his own health and safety, first and foremost. And then second of all, again, I mean, it's not like, oh, we, we got to get Jeff Hardy back. If we don't, you know, the company's screwed. It's it's not it's, that's not the case, man. And I've I mean I don't I, I'm only speaking for myself here, but I've been I've been done with the Hardy Boys as a serious contending tag team in AEW for a long time. I love Matt. I mean, bro, Matt can't even fucking walk the right way anymore. I mean, yeah. And, and I'll, I'll taking his bumps, man. Yeah, and I don't want people to mix this up. This is not you know like a John Moxley situation. Moxley had his demons as well. He voiced it. This is not the same thing. Moxie wasn't caught with a fucking DUI five different times. He wasn't caught no. drunk driving. He wasn't caught possibly committing murder on the fucking road, you know, at 10 o'clock in the morning. Moxley entered rehab on his own because he knew he had to get help. And Moxley's been a fucking kid. I need the fucking help. I'm going to give myself Moxley checked clean. himself in. He came back. He looked leaner. He looked in the best shape of his fucking life. He looks healthy. He's happy. And he is doing his thing. And you haven't heard a fucking word about him Fallen, or what's the what's the uh, the saying? Falling off the wagon. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, you haven't heard anything about that. Nope. You know, so this is not the same thing. You know, Moxley checked himself into rehab. Jeff did not do that. He was forced into rehab because he refused to go. He refused all help. Yeah. So I don't want people complaining about. Oh uh, well, JD wants Moxley on television, but he doesn't allow Jeff Hardy on television. Blah blah blah. No. Come on, it's 
not the same thing. So, yes, he's back. I'm sure he's going to be in something. They need. Uh, I don't know, man. Maybe we get a Hardys tag team run. Maybe we get a, a, a tag team match at Forbidden Door with the Hardys. Who knows? I mean, they're better with them as a duo away from this firm shit than what they are doing with Matt Hardy in this firm shit. That, that, that much I'll say. I know you're not into it and don't care for it, but they're better as the Hardys on their own doing their thing than being in this firm shit. Yeah, I guess so, man. So we'll see. What, does, does anybody know what happened to Mark Quinn? Where's Private Party? Uh, Mark Quinn's out. I forget what his injury is, but he's got an injury. I know Santana should be on his way back, too. Yeah, he's starting to, he's starting to pop up on social media. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with him and Ortiz. I don't know. Uh, I mean, Tony Khan's probably going to add more time on Santana's contract. I know his contract was about to come up. So who knows what's going on there. But I'd love to see them work out their differences. Apparently, there was a, uh, a tumultuous split there between Ortiz and Santana. Yeah, those two need each other more than they realized. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that's that with Jeff. He's back on AWTV. We'll, uh, we'll keep a close eye on that and monitor that as the weeks go on. Kenny Omega. He is uh, cutting a promo from his home, and he was talking about the attack from the Blackpool Combat Club in recent weeks. Omega thanks the doctors for helping them out, and he says he understands why the Blackpool Combat Club did what they did. They wanted to make the headlines. Omega said what he takes personal is what they did to Don Callis, making him bleed, splitting his skull open, giving him a concussion. While Callis might not like to be all that likable, Omega still calls him family. So this isn't blood for blood. Whenever Omega sees them next, it'll be much, much worse. So John Moxley and Claudio, they're out there in a tag team match. Clearly this was uh, done to set up what happened after the match. They brutalized Brandon Cutler and Michael Nakazawa. Uh, they put up much more of a fight than I actually anticipated, especially Nakazawa. But, uh, I mean, this was, I mean... Yes, Jesse was a setup, but holy shit, with what we saw after the match was over, what type of friends are Kenny, Matt, and Nick to Michael Nakazawa and Brandon Cutler, man? They sent them out there, and and, and I want you guys to understand where I'm coming from here because this is what I talk about being illogical. They send their two very best friends out there to go get their ass handed to them. They're both busted open, bleeding. They They both got blood dripping down their face. And it takes them to lose the match for then the elite to come out and save the day. Meanwhile, they're watching all this brutality happen and not one fucking peep from either one of them. Uh, Matt, Nick, or Kenny Omega. So what type of friends are these, man? Not only that, they had a plan. They had a plan of having the Bucks come running in from behind and come sneak attack while Kenny's on the rap. They sat and they had a plan. It's not like, okay, they were sitting in the trainer's room and then they couldn't take it anymore, so they came limping out of the trainer's room to go help. These motherfuckers sat and strategized the whole thing because the Bucks came from behind. And in this planning, none of it included not letting our two good friends getting the shit kicked out of them by the Blackpool Combat Club. Ridiculous. They sat there and let... Let's wait. Hold on. Wait. Hold on. Hold on. Ooh, look at all that blood. Oh, knock is fucked up. Oh, oh man. Brandon Cutler got turned wait, inside wait. out with that King Kong Larry. I think we should go out there now. Oh, wait, wait for it. Um, oh, yeah, now they're beating it down after it. Okay, here we go. Now, first, cue Kenny's music. Yeah. Wait for it. Walk slowly. What kind of friends are these? 
what this is some, this is this is the kind of shit you expect from a heel faction. Yeah. What was this? I don't know. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Illogical, nonsensical garbage. So obviously it was the shit that took place after the match because they brutalized these two guys. And we got a King Kong Larry, like I said. Uh, Rick Knox called for the bell after the Death Rider, and that was basically it. Uh, Moxley took the mic and said that the Elite and Don Callis had glass jaws until Kenny Omega's music hit, and he walked out from the back. Blackpool Combat Club had their attention on Omega, but the Young Bucks ran in from behind. Matt had an obvious uh, cast over his arm or some type of wrapping on his arm, and we had uh, Nick Jackson with that Kinesio tape on his back. So they're clearly uh, selling the... uh, or I think Matt is legitimately hurt. I don't know how legitimately hurt he is because he was throwing some kicks in there and getting physical. So, I mean, it can't be all that bad. But uh, they're selling their injuries from the attack. They ran in from behind. We had a big brawl. The Bucks laid out Moxie with a BTE trigger. Omega slid a toolbox in. He was about to hit Moxie with the toolbox until Matt Jackson stopped him and pulled out a screwdriver. Same thing that they did to Adam Page. The Blackpool Combat Club just took that screwdriver and jammed it into his fucking eye. They wanted to do the same thing with Moxley. Moxley spit in Matt's face and dead Omega to do it. And Castagnoli pulled Moxley free. And Omega jammed the screwdriver right into the top turnbuckle. Because you see in the, visible, uh, the, the, the visual there of him uh, wanting to stab Moxley with the screwdriver. And that was the way the segment came to a close. Uh, bro, Blood and Guts is going to be fucking all types of epic this year. And I can't fucking wait. Shit, if... They're banged up going into it, man. Are they going to be okay? I don't know. I think that's where they're kind of holding off, I guess. I don't know when Blood and Guts is. I think we may see something in May. Uh, maybe um, maybe before Double or Nothing. I would say after Double or Nothing's probably better. Uh, give uh, Double or Nothing, and then we do the Blood and Guts in June, and then we go to Forbidden Door at the end of June. I don't know where uh, Tony Khan's planning on putting that, but... Uh, this is going to be all types of epic, man. Uh, this may be the most brutal blood and guts match that we see. Could be, man. Could be. And at least they're building towards it. Yeah. So, And everybody's like, oh, why is there so much blood? Nakazawa didn't need to bleed. I mean, they're building towards a blood and guts match. The yeah. fuck do you want? Gotta be some blood. Gotta be some guts. Tony Schiavone backstage with Swerve Strickland, Brian Cage, and Prince Nana, who said Darby Allen's success is a testament to everything Strickland taught him. In, uh, I guess, in his career. And Mogul Embassy isn't done growing. It's getting bigger day by day. As they are not done yet tonight. And they have some scores to settle. Great. Don't care. Tony Storm and Ruby Soho. They defeated Riho and uh, Sky Blue in a tag team match. I'm sorry, bro. I could not get invested in this. I could not get invested in this, bro. I, 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 man, what, what happened? I mean, the match itself was fine. It, it's, it, it is what it is. It's a fundamental, uh, ordinary women's match in AEW. Nothing happened here. But it, it was after the match, bro. I, I mean, Soraya sprayed an L on Riho with the green spray paint. I, I mean, where? I mean, I still don't even know where we're going with this. Where are we going with this? I mean, is the L synonymous with this fucking storyline, man? Loser? Loser storyline. I have no idea, man. Is it? This is another one. This was another one. So, the outcasts out there beating their shit out of these women at the end. 
And who comes out for the save by herself is the women's champion, Jamie Hayter. She runs out there, gets in the ring with three women, and instantly gets her ass kicked. And then after that's done, then Britt Baker's music hits. Then she comes running out. Why didn't they come out together? Do you know how lame it is that when the outcasts are beating up Sky Blue and Riho, that Jamie Hayter's music plays for like two seconds? She runs out, and then she gets in the ring to get beat up, and then Britt Baker's music hits for two seconds, and she comes out and saves the day, and everybody runs off, and she brawls with Soraya. Do you know how much I fucking loathe when someone runs down and has their theme music hit the way that Jamie Hayter and, and Britt Baker's theme music hit? It, it is it's It looks so ridiculous. It, it's like a circus. Yep. Like, why? Why don't you just run down? Like, everybody knows who you are. What the fuck do you need the music to play for? For two seconds? Maybe it's when they run past Gorilla and whoever is there has, you see them running, then they hit the button quickly or something. I, I, don't, I don't know. So stupid. Know. And like you said, they came out individually. Why? You went You're there for the same fucking reason. In the ring. Hey, now it's three on two. Hey, now it's three on three. On three. So you don't want to even the odds at the same time by sending both of them out there at the same time to even the odds? Nah, need separate pops. Whose idea was that? <sighs> Tony Storms. Hi, yeah, hi, Brett. Listen, we're just fans who watch the show. You could have came out together, Brittany. Could have came out together. Could have came out together. Did not approve of that segment. But maybe next week, maybe we'll get him next week, man. Maybe we'll do better. Even uh, Clucky Rhodes over here doesn't approve of the segment. He's not even looking into the camera. I don't know, man. What what type of chip? What what type of chicken joint you got by you, bro? You got no Popeyes out there, do you? Five ninety nine Amazon. Okay, this guy, this guy, this guy seen the chicken in the ring with Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania, and he went on Amazon to go buy a fucking rubber chicken. Right, because I definitely did not throw this chicken in the ring at WrestleMania. Jesse was not at WrestleMania. I mean, he could not want... I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe Jesse was complaining about, uh, you know, uh, WrestleMania being uh, too short of a show, man. He wanted to be there, but he couldn't uh, couldn't stay awake. And and he he wanted so desperately to see Omos live in person, I heard. I did not live stream night two. There you go, he fell asleep. He fell asleep. Lesnar put him to sleep. I did not live stream night two because maybe I was in California, bro. Brock Lesnar's upset that Cody Rhodes uh, is uh, making change in WWE, bro. Changes that Lesnar does not agree with. And, and Brock is upset as, at his WrestleMania spot against Omar. Does he think that Cody booked the WrestleMania match? I mean, I don't know. Cody booked him with Omos to open. Bro, the show. what, what type of change? What what what? What I want to know is what type of change is Brock Lesnar upset with, bro? Brock Lesnar's there twenty dates out of the fucking year, <laughs> and gets paid more than everyone, and gets paid eight million dollars a year. I'm sure Endeavor doesn't give a shit about that, though, right? Oh no, no, that that contract stays, buddy. I don't know where this women's storyline is going. I mean, it's just fucking nonsense. At one point, I thought this was going to be the blood and guts. I don't even want Mercedes a part of this shit anymore, man. Fuck it. This will make Mercedes look bad. 
Yeah, let me let me let me put Mercedes in a group that spray paints L's on everybody. Come on now. Awesome. Awesome stuff, women. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, listen. It started off with promise and it's gone nowhere. Jericho. But, we'll get, but, but, but then but we'll get shit on for not liking it when we were the ones saying, hey, it's gonna, this could go somewhere. Let's see. But what do we do? We let it play out. And this is what happened. Ah, JD's a sexist. Jesse agrees with JD's sexism. We sat here and said, hey, this is great. I think my words were, this is a storyline that the women can get into that does not involve the world title. Is us see where it goes. It might be interesting. And now here we are a couple of months later, and we're like, okay, no, it's no. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed with this storyline in weeks. The same four or five women are all fighting each other every fucking week. Nothing has changed. Bro, who's better, outcasts or damage control? Because it's almost like they're identical, man. They're both fucking losers. Loser stables. So bad, man. I don't know. Do better. Whoever, who's ever in charge of this creative for the women, I'm sorry. We there's are no heat of the women involved, there's, but this creative, do better. There's no heat. No. None. None. We know it, and you guys know it too. You guys know it. You guys watching us in that locker, you know there's no heat to this. You know it. Dead. Tony Storm comes out, man, with a, a fucking look on her face as, she, as if she doesn't give a single solitary shit about what's going on out there. That's the vibe I got from Tony Storm tonight. And they'll probably blame Thunder Rosa for this again. I'm sure they will. Maybe that's what the division needs. Some Rosa injection. Energy. S- something, man. Chris Jericho, he's out there with Keith Lee. First time ever Keith Lee and Jericho in the ring tonight in the main events. This was, fun fact... This was Keith Lee's first singles match in AEW in almost a year. The last time he was on AEW television, he squashed Serpentico on an episode of Rampage of 14 seconds. Grandpa Lee. Bro, I swear to God, man. Uh, I mean, we, we, went, we went in on Swerve, man. You know, now it's, now it's Keith Lee's turn. I, I don't know who approved. Uh, and this is the first time I'm talking about this because I, I don't give a fuck about talking about this on, on OTS. This is the first time I'm talking about this. Keith Lee looks like something out of Resident Evil 4, bro. He looks like one of the fucking Las Plagas uh, fucking, uh, you know, priests that come out there uh, uh, when you enter the castle, when you, when you go through the castle uh, part of the game, and they're mumbling, whatever the fuck they say in the game. That's what he looks like. Comes out wearing this cloak. He looks like Lord Sadler from, from Resident Evil 4. Lord Sadler. Yeah, when he when he went away, apparently he decided to stop uh, dyeing his hair. When he came back, he he, he stopped dyeing his hair for what reason? I don't know. Like when he came back, he just decided, "Hey, I'm not gonna die anymore," for whatever reasons. I don't know. But yeah, man the the momentum halt, the weird robe, um, the full gray, and it all of that combined is just spelling. Nothing good for Keith Lee right now. This guy, this guy went from fucking. Apparently, it's a Tekken reference. I mean, I don't play Tekken, honestly. This I guy went still a game. This guy went from fucking being a wizard 
in uh, Hogwarts Legacy to now being uh, a, a fucking Las Plagas priest in Resident Evil 4, man. I, I mean, he's mixed all these different vibes. Like, I, I don't know. Now he's got uh, the gray hair. I, I mean, he's making Bearcat look like... Uh, Dude, go uh, back to the Bearcat. He's making Bearcat look like a winner over here, man. Holy shit. Bringing back the Bearcat over this, man. Really, really, really just bizarre. Like... You know, Vince McMahon would never allow Keith Lee on television the way he looks now, bro, with that gray hair. I mean, this no. guy would not send anyone out there. I mean, this guy wanted Tommaso Ciampa to fucking fill in his beard with Just For Men, bro. Remember when Ciampa made his main roster debut last September? He, where's the fucking gray? Now, that, yeah. that, someone like that. I mean, that was his signature look in NXT. When I seen him all, all not gray, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? What the yeah. fuck did you do to my Tommaso? Right? So Vince wanted him immediately to put Just For Men in the fucking beard and, and look like 10 years younger. I mean, Vince would never allow this on television, bro. I don't know why Tony Khan allows this shit. It's almost like the creative freedom that he gives to the pro wrestlers is almost making them worse. Yeah. Uh, uh, look, maybe there's a, maybe there's a... We're jumping all over this, and we know Keith Lee had medical issues. Maybe there's a medical reason why he had to stop dyeing his hair. I'm just throwing out the possibility, okay? There's a medical reason why he had to go gray? Uh, chemical. No, he didn't go. He he didn't just up and go gray. He was dyeing his hair. Then he stopped. So maybe there's a reason he had to stop. That's a possibility. That That's a, yeah, not, not not many people are gonna think about that. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, who knows? I'm just trying because again, we love Keith Lee. Again, yes. We I love think he's Keith fantastic. Lee. We're not sitting there it's like oh, get the. I mean, but we just trying to we we want to we want to put the best foot forward as far as his creative and just the what's going on with him right now is not working so we're just spitballing ideas and how we can make it better and i i don't know but it all starts with the creative we can get past the look but it, it has to start with the creative yeah now this match with jericho had no heat man this was i mean match right out uh, this match was made out of uh random on last week's dynamite no heat from the Milwaukee crowd. I mean, they tried their best out there. It's not like they worked a, a bad match. And their differing styles was definitely something I was going to be curious about entering this. They worked pretty well together. Jericho tried a shoulder tackle early, and it resulted in uh, Lee no-selling and then kissing Jericho on the top of his head. That was in the beginning of the match. So Jericho got embarrassed here. He ate some punches from Lee. And uh, Lee hit his chop. A big charging corner splash. He went to the ropes, did Lee. Garcia distracted the ref uh, for Jericho to connect with a springboard drop kick. Jericho was in control here. And fast forwarding a little bit, uh, Lee goes off the top rope and he does a moonsault. And Jericho puts the knees up off the moonsault. Jericho uh, actually hurt his own knees because Keith Lee is, is such a large man. And, and Keith Lee did not really feel the effect of the knees up uh, off the moonsault. But uh, Jericho hurt his own knees and was press slammed by Lee with a choke slam for two. That was a dangerous spot for Jericho, man. That really was. That really was. Really he could have been crushed was. underneath there, yeah. Uh, Keith Lee is not uh, a small man by any means. Jericho got an eye rake, and uh, he locked on the walls of Jericho, which he actually got. Uh, Lee powered out, obviously, being the bigger guy of the two. Uh, Lee then took it to Jericho with a big overhand shot, and he tried for uh, the finish, but Jericho... Grabbed Aubrey Edwards long enough for Garcia to uh, get him free from the clutches of Keith Lee. Lee dumped Garcia, who then ate a double clothesline with Jericho as Keith Lee brought him into the ring. 
Lee powered out of a code breaker attempt and counted into a massive sit-out powerbomb. Garcia again took the referee. Uh, again, this constant interference all the time with Jericho. Uh, this time from Garcia again. Uh, and Swerve Strickland comes out with Aubrey distracted and took it to Lee. Uh, I don't know what it was. It looked like a wooden box of some sorts. Bashed Keith Lee in the head with it, knocked him out. Jericho draped an arm over Lee and got the cheap victory. Post-match, Adam Cole's music hit immediately uh, as he walked down to check on Keith Lee at ringside. And that was basically uh, the way the show went off the air. This is exactly what Jericho did with Garcia a few weeks ago, except this time Cole gave a side glance at Jericho the way Jericho gave Adam Cole a side glance a couple of weeks ago when he was in that return match with Danny Garcia. Um, so this dude, this dude is all about the... The side-eyed look, right? Yeah. Also, uh, did not expect that to be on my bingo card for 2023. Jericho and Adam Cole. Should be a great match, though. I mean, there's nothing... Anything Adam Cole does is going to be great. Yeah, yeah. And and Jericho is still a fucking a, a legend in the ring, man. So yeah. I saw him getting some 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 social media heat for, for his age and stuff like that. I disagree with that. Jericho has a lot to offer to this company in that ring. So Yes. I don't know why anybody goes at Jericho on social media. He doesn't deserve it. Uh, Jungle Boy uh, will face Sean Spears on Rampage, returning. Uh, don't know uh, what happened there, but I'm glad he's back. Aussie Open will defend the IWGP titles against best friends. Uh, FTR will speak on Rampage. Ty Valkyrie, who is uh, apparently living on Rampage, uh, has not been on Dynamite yet, takes on Emi Sakura on Rampage. Mark Briscoe, Jeff Jarrett, and Jay Lethal uh, will be in action. And Matt Menard. Daddy Magic and Angela Parker will speak on the, on Rampage. I don't know what's going to make his nipples hard on Friday night, bro. It's Rampage. No, I don't know. Do you want to know what makes Daddy Magic's nipples hard? No. Clearly not being on Rampage. Yeah, really. And then next week we got uh, Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter going in tag team action against Tony Storm and Ruby Soho with Wardlow challenging Will Hobbs for the TNT championship. Oh, Spears had a Spears had a baby. Powerhouse. Yeah, kind of like that. <laughs> Congrats to the Spears family, man. There you go. The perfect 10, bro. There you go, man. Got to love them. Anyway, Thank you for joining us, guys. I appreciate you very much for hanging out tonight on the AW Dynamite Post Show. Tonight, sponsored by my great friends over at Zbotics, man. Zbotics is your go-to when you want to have a decent night out, but you don't want to go through the trouble the next day, guys. I'm going to throw it over to my friends over at Zbotics for a couple of minutes. We'll come back, we'll read the Super Chats, and then get the hell out of here because I got a couple of Grandmaster Nightfalls to do on Destiny 2, and I need my weapons. So I will be right back, and don't go anywhere. Tonight's show sponsored by Zbotics. Guys, you know me very, very well. I love my nights out, and I love my adult cold beverages. But let's be real. Every time we go out and we have a few too many, we don't bounce back the same way that we used to when we were younger. It's either have a great night out 
or have a great next day without all the headache. That is until I found Z-Biotics, today's sponsor, right here on Off the Script. Drinking alcohol produces a toxin called acetaldehyde. It's this toxin, not just dehydration, that causes the worst morning after effects of drinking. Using genetic engineering, we built a probiotic that breaks down acetaldehyde. We started with a natural probiotic bacteria found in a Japanese superfood called natto. Then we altered its DNA so that it produces an enzyme that breaks down acetaldehyde. This is similar to what your liver does, but our probiotic does it better. After spending a year building a prototype, we put it into a drink with this hypothesis. Before drinking alcohol, you drink our probiotic, and it works in your gut throughout the day and night, breaking down acetaldehyde and setting you up for a great next morning. Learn more at zbiotics.com. Zbiotics, it's a pre-alcohol probiotic and it's the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. It's very simple, guys. The way it works is when you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not the dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Zbiotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. And it's designed to work like your liver, but in your gut, where you need it most. You know, the first time I actually used Z-Biotics was during the holiday season last year. And I knew I was going to be drinking a lot with family and celebrating the Christmas season. So I took a Z-Biotics before we actually went out. And I was actually surprised at how it worked the next day. I had the gym the next day. I had to get up and go to the gym. And I'm like, I don't want to miss my gym session. I don't want to call Genius up and tell him, listen, bro, I can't come in. I had a few too many. But I took a Z-Biotics. I drank responsibly. I woke up the next morning. And I was ready to go for the gym no matter what I drank the night before. So it does work. And I am a testament to that. And normally when I go out and I do my thing and I know it's going to be a long night, I always pack at least one Z-Biotics with me to get the job done. I want you guys to give Z-Biotics a try, man. Go give it a try for yourself. Go to zbiotics.com slash script and get 15% off your first order when you use script at checkout. Z-Biotics is also backed with a 100% money-back guarantee. So if you are unsatisfied for any reason whatsoever, they will refund you your money no questions asked. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash script and use code script at checkout for 15% off. And I want to thank Zbiotics for sponsoring this podcast right here on Off the Script. There you go, guys. Thank you so very much for joining us on the AW Dynamite post show right here on Off the Script. Let's get into the Super Chats, guys. And we'll get the hell out of here. Joseph Taylor with an $11 super chat. JD, Jesse, two things. The first pay-per-view you watched as a kid and the heel turn that shocked you the most. For me, Seth Rollins turning on Roman Reigns and John Moxley. First WrestleMania I watched uh, was my first pay-per-view, and that was WrestleMania 4. Probably, man, watch it live? I don't, I don't know. 
I remember watching WrestleMania 3. I remember watching Hogan and Andre. And the heel turn that shocked me the most? I don't know, bro. Oh, I, I can. I, I get Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty? Brett Owen? I wasn't watching. I, 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 think, I think the most shocking one for me was um, The Rock Survivor Series. Um, that too. There's a couple of them. Yeah. I think that was my most shocking one. Wednesday Adams with a four ninety nine. Jesse, my whole family seems to enjoy your tacos, including Lurch, my brother Pugsley, and Uncle Fester. But I didn't have Tony's cola and Adams beer. Says Wednesday Adams with a four ninety nine. You got fans of your tacos, bro. And Wednesday Adams, the Adams family. About, there you go. Michelle Moran with a two dollar super chat. I think in two thousand twenty four, Darby will take the title from MJF. No. I don't know who this. I don't know who's taking the title from Manjaya. It may be Darby. Who the fuck knows? I don't know. Tony Brown with a four ninety nine. Same tasty booty meat. Ugly hair, however. Yeah, uh, Tony. Uh, Tony time didn't have uh, a uh, adequate hairdo tonight. Sky Blue took uh, number one tonight, Tony. In more ways than one. Ben Richardson with a two dollars super jet. Dynamite was a slam dunk. The elite kicked ass. Thank you, Ben. Stefan Brewer with the two months. Glad to be part of the OTS community. OTS for life. Thank you, brother. Or Steven. Stefan, Steven. Brewer. It's one of those nights, brother. If I forgot your name, if I messed your name up wrong, throw me to the fucking wolves, man. MGM balling with the 17 months. AW going to London two months after I am. At least I get to see Money in the Bank. Hopefully LA Knight wins. Yeah. Uh, he's my choice. That's for sure. Couldn't even get a WrestleMania appearance in two Well, who the fuck knows what he's going to get with Vince back in creative. Two nights of WrestleMania. They had nothing for him all. Nothing for LA Knight. Even but they found, they, found, they, they, they found a spot for George Kittle, though. A.W. Mark with a 499. We get Keith Lee and Adam Cole as a tag team and not a manager role. We get Jeff Hardy back and we get blood and guts at double or nothing, maybe. Adam Cole and Keith Lee teaming up against Jericho and Daniel Garcia. I could see that happening. Funny Rob Bay with a 199. My birthday is Saturday. Can I get a shout out? Happy birthday, Rob. Happy birthday, man. Justin with an eight months. Member for eight months. I love being a member because you speak the truth and even on bad days. At work, I always watch your videos, so thank you, JD. Thank you, Justin. Happy eight months, and I'm happy that you're here, brother. Golden Boy with 18 months. Thanks for all you do, and thanks to Jesse, too. Amazing, as always. Also, fuck the haters and let them hate. Let them tune into the best in the IWC and enjoy professionalism. Dragonheart, if you tell me that Jesse is low again, I'm going to fucking get you the fuck out of here, Okay. Maybe you're deaf, dumb, or blind, but raise the volume on your mobile device, on your iPad, or your speakers, or your TV, man. One or the other, wherever the fuck you watch. But Jesse's not low, okay? Jesse, are you low? Not low. Jesse's not low. Not low. I 
don't sound like I don't feel like I'm low. I mean, I'm looking at my levels. I see where I'm at, man. It, again, man, I, I I think a lot of this has nothing to do on our end. It's just the way that we're streaming. So bear with us, guys. Right? I don't know. I could. I listen. I'll raise Jesse a little bit more. I I don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about. Cut those sideburns, Mattingly. Ridiculous. Joseph Taylor with an $8 Superjet. AW announced June 21st, Wintrust Arena in Chicago before Forbidden Door. Thank you, Joseph. Drew Gilmore with eight months. Hey, guys, happy eight months to me. The problem with AEW titles, I quote Triple H, the man should make the title rather than the title making the man. Indeed. There's nobody there but MJF making those titles, brother. Dr. Evil Genius said Jesse comes in quieter than JD. I just, I literally raised him a fucking eyebrows hair here, man. I don't know what you guys want me to do. I got him at 86 on my roadcaster, bro. What do you want? What do you want me to do? Put him up to 100? 100. Jesse is ASMR low. No, he's not. Come on now. You guys are fucking crazy, man. Uh, Rob Bay Bay with a four ninety nine for my birthday wish. I want to be recognized as the official OTS. Uh, as the official OTS grader. OTS and Jess Otis and Jesse and Hooligram are my references. P.S. This is for Jesse. No Emmy, please. You want to be recognized as the official OTS cheese grater, Rob? What are you talking about, bro? Greeter? Oh, greeter. He said greater. He spelled it G-R-E-A-T-E-R. Greeter. Greeter? He means. He's put greater. (laughs) Now I got to talk louder, they say. I got my kids next door to me sleeping, and I'm already shouting. It's going on midnight where Jesse is. You want him to fucking yell. I'm here by myself. Like, I don't, I don't, I could yell as fucking loud as I want. I'm not, I'm not whispering. I, 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 th- I thought it was a good match. Taste the rainbow. Zach Smith with the two months. IWC culture. You can't like both shows. You can't hate either show. Apparently only people with their virginities intact get an opinion. Much love, guys. Thank you, Zach. I don't, I don't fucking deal with these people, man. Ridiculous. Uh, Andres, 17 with a $5 Super Jeff. Feels like AEW's roster is so bloated that stables are only are, are the only way to get everybody involved. Just terrible. Yeah, they need a little bit more order in the roster for sure. Hollywood guy with a $10 Super Jeff. I think that Bray, Dakota, Shinsuke, Boogs, Elias, Asuka, Baron Corbin will all be part of the future endeavored. Sorry to say, and also add Carrion Cross to the list. Why would they release Oscar? I'm releasing Oscar, and Carrion Cross has been a complete disappointment in return. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, he has. We'll see what happens with the draft. We'll uh, we'll let it play out, okay? Let it play out. We'll let it play out. This is even before the Vince returning rumors, too. Yeah, it's just it's just not resonating. I go back to what I said about him in NXT. The guy cannot wrestle, man. He just... His wrestling ability does not match his gimmick. His gimmick come, makes him come off as an uber badass. Then the bell rings. Yeah. And it's just not there. 
Sinister with the seven months at All In, the main event. Satnam Singh has match and mystery opponent. It turns out to be Goldberg setting up long-term booking where Satnam wins the title. Uh, bro, get out. Seven months, get out. Uh, I'm sorry, bro. Can't deal with that. Love you, though, bro. Thank you. Um, I do. I will say this. I do think, and this uh, may uh, send uh, the bad juju up uh, people's spines, but uh, I believe Goldberg will be in AEW and will be at that all-in show in Wembley. Jesse shutting his camera off. Uh, and when it happens, bro, don't, uh, don't, uh, don't, 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 don't come to me and tell me that I was wrong. Okay, I don't want to have to tell you. I told you so. Goldberg will be in AEW at Wembley. Who his opponent's going to be? It may be Wardlow. Maybe that's how they get Wardlow back on the uh, on the right track, man. Maybe they have a beat Goldberg. It's out there in the universe now, bro. It's, it's, it's out there in the universe, man. I'm sorry. I, I, had, I had to say it, bro. Moving on. Hollywood guy. Thank you, brother. A Watson with a $15 super chat. What's up, guys? I'm trying to get tickets to All In. Wish me luck. It'll be my first live wrestling event. Hope to see you there. Jesse, where's my taco? Clearly, he's uh, giving it to Bill Goldberg. What's wrong with you, man? And with a four ninety nine, uh, JD, did you see Vince's new contract as a non harassment and code of conduct code of conduct clause? Yet they still let him come back and represent the company. There's a problem when you have to put said clause in someone's contract. Don't worry, bro. We're talking about that tomorrow. It's already in the notes. Yeah. There is a problem, like Jesse said, when you have to put something like that in a contract for someone on Vince McMahon's level of power. So why why is he running the company? Why is he in charge of creative? Jam Lucci with the 220. Take out the firm, insert Vincent and the Righteous. I don't give a fuck who they insert, bro. Get them off TV. Jabril Muhammad with a 499. I'm disappointed, JD. We didn't get a <laughs> OTS for life. Jesse sucks with a heart emoji. Basic with a 499. Keith Lee bring back the Mordecai gimmick. That's not on it's not on that level yet, bro. I mean it's not that bad. Matt Fugitive with a five. Thank you, Matt. We need uh, CM Punk and FTR versus the Elite at Wembley. Could be. Could be. Punk is going to be there. That's my prediction. Underwear. I'm tired of this narrative that AEW is just dead in the water if Punk isn't coming. Well, I mean, I'll tell you. I'll tell you off, off camera what I heard from... A few people. Insider info, folks. Can't I can't divulge on the podcast. Uh, underwear beast with a fifty. Thank you, brother. I can't get invested in any women's stories. Am I alone, or is it just the uninteresting, or, or, or are they just that uninteresting? I tried to give them a chance, but I can't bring myself to care. Love you, JD and Jesse. OTS for life. No, you're not alone, brother. We feel the same way. In both companies, it's just not AEW. WWE is just as worse. I seriously want to turn on Impact to watch some women's wrestling. Yep. The Bastard with a 199. Great stream as always, JD. Next kick stream. Can't wait. Yeah, Resident Evil 4 last night was fun, brother. Thank you for being there. Mr. Nobody with a $5 super chat. So what's next for Wardlow if he loses? And what's next for Hobbs if he loses? So it's a lose-lose situation. Now they go nowhere. They go nowhere. They go back to catering and back to dark. 
Nobody wins in that match. Zay, the legend with a 199 times two. Have you heard uh, or have you seen, rather, Bret Hart's comments about AEW? Yes, I did. I don't really care. Bret is allowed to say whatever he wants because he's one of the, the greatest of all time. Bret is coming off. And don't I, really I'll tell you, Bret is coming off very bitter in his old age. Bret is an old guy. He's got the right to say whatever he wants. After the career he had, he could say whatever the fuck he wants. Uh, also, uh, CM Punk and FTR is the elite at All In London. Let's do it. I think it's going to happen. And Joseph Taylor... With a $2 Super Chat, Goldberg stay 10 feet away from AEW. Fuck Bill Goldberg. Only 10 feet, bro. 10 feet was, is within uh, distance of the uh, door. Of that forbidden door. Why is it FTR in Punk against the, the The FTR was not even involved in that scrap. I want to see Ace Steel, Punk, and Larry versus the Elite. Bro, we need Larry in Punk's corner no matter what, who he's in the ring against. He needs to be there with that beautiful smile and all, man. Why is that dog so ugly, man? Dog is a beautiful creature, man. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what your gripe is with Larry. You tell me that dog is not ugly? No. Fuck you and that dog. No. Anyway, guys, we're about to get out of here, man. Um, any, uh, any final words just before we get the fuck out of here? No, no, no. You want to plug anything? Are you going to be live? You're going to do a Ring of Honor uh, watch along tomorrow, man? Yeah, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be ready to go ROH watch along tomorrow. We'll, we'll, we'll suffer through it together. And uh, that what you guys um, do? Follow- that's what you got. That's what you guys call watching uh, Ring of Honor suffering. Yes, basically, dude. It's dark all over again. It is. I'm trying here, man, but it's dark all over again. Of course it is. I didn't expect anything less. Fuck. They, they just, they just don't. The, the problem is we're now like six, seven weeks in, and they just they still have no stories. It's just all rest. It's, now it's you know why I don't review it. Fightful's uncharismatic vanilla podcasters can fucking cover that shit. Forget about it, man. I'm not covering that shit. Fuck you guys. All of you. That dog is ugly. I don't give a fuck. Anyway, guys, uh, I'll be live, I, I think, closer to 6 o'clock tomorrow because I got an eye appointment. Because I got to renew my driver's license and I can't renew it without an eye test. Oh, God, you're going to bleed into my last Yeah, well, I'm letting you know now. All right. Uh, follow me on social media, guys, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Uh, make sure you guys go follow Jesse as well, at Chi-Town Smart on Twitter and on YouTube. Hit that thumbs up. Thank you for the super chats tonight. Go check out all the content on the channel. Monday Night Raw's podcast did over 40,000 live views, so go check that out. And make sure you guys check out my sponsor for tonight's show, man. It goes hand-in-hand hand with my mother's basement and our cold beverages, man, Z-Biotics. Go get yours today, zbiotics.com slash script or use code script to check out. I want to thank them for sponsoring the show tonight. And next time you see me will be tomorrow afternoon OTS live right here on YouTube, man. I'll see you guys tomorrow for the podcast. And Jesse's Rubber Chicken will not be there. Thank I Christ. got a blood and guts match. Larry versus the fucking chicken. Oh my god, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Oh my god.